Murder Man. Hey, this is Austin from Baldwin Asylum, and you're listening to Murder Metal Mayhem. Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666-mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal God damn, Chris. I got scared there. Austin from Baldwin Asylum God, God just damn. took over the fucking studio. Some fucking man. guttural awesome. shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's up, everybody? Having a good time here. Uh, we're throwing down a new murder metal mayhem tonight here at Horns High Studios for the Horns High Podcast Network. Oh, Episode 192 going down tonight. This is going to be a good one. Got some people in here. So I got Chris, what of up? course, here what with me fuck? as always in Horns High. Joey. You're in the 419 there in Ohio. How are you doing? Doing good. Not too Hell bad. Yeah. Very cool. I don't hear any gunfire, so that's good. Not yeah. yet. Just, yeah. just stay low. Yeah, okay. folks doing donuts yeah. in the street and shit. <laughs> right, right. And we got three of the guys from the Baldwin Asylum Haunted Attraction in here with us. We got Fuck. Austin, Taryn, and James. How's it going, everybody? Going good. Awesome. Right. Awesome. James, you hanging in over there? Yeah, I'm doing good. Right, James looks I think like I got he him could too be high, like dude. real squirrely in here <laughs> if he story. starts getting hammered. So I'm a little concerned about James. But anyway, I think Taryn will keep him in control if he gets out of hand. So, <laughs> so it should be fun. But uh, we are still in a little Facebook jail. I'm not sure what the hell happened. We don't know what we did, but thankfully, you guys are out there. You're still fucking listening, so we appreciate it. Appreciate that Facebook's not everything to everybody. October 3rd (laughs) is what they're saying now, Uh, but we don't know what we did. Um, So, you know, we really didn't know, and it happened, and it sucks because that's a good way to communicate and post and tag and all that, and Unfortunately, we're not doing that at the moment, but uh, Joey's uh, hanging into the uh, group. So join the Murder Metal Mayhem group on Facebook and you'll get oh, updates yeah. from Joey. So Joey's going to be posting some shit until we get back. On yeah, it, so. because I'm an admin on the fucking uh, the regular page, I can't post on it either. Yeah. Oh, you can't post on the regular uh, Facebook? because I'm I'm an admin. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I can't either. So yeah, if I I don't know if they'd let me un make you not an admin, but anyway, the way we're doing it, I think will be okay for the meantime. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll yeah. be over before we know it. Yeah. So uh, all right. Well, what t-shirts we got on here now, Chris? What you got? Something inspiring? Oh, nice. The fucking psycho killer bobbleheads, man. Nice. No, because fucking we got this new dude that started training with me at work and shit. Fucking. And he's all weird. I don't know. He's just fucking weird. And yesterday he walks up to this guy because I had on my Jewels Within shirt, the I Will Ruin You shirt. And it's got the noose and the hangman's galley on it. He walks up, dude. He's like, his shirt has a noose on it. What's that all about? I'm just like, so I just like, so yeah, I figured I'd just wear one that straight says psycho killer. He's like, what's up with the psycho? Like, I'm just going to start wearing some of my, mo- I'm going to see how long it takes before I get in trouble at work for some of the shirts I wear. Right, right. And you got the cannibal corpse hat <laughs> on Fuck yeah, too. dude. Awesome. Story behind this cannibal corpse hat. <laughs> Got it at an FTA over the weekend, which we'll talk about. But uh, I found it in the mosh pit after uh, 
municipal waste. Nice. And I was like, well, that's fucking nice head. I fucking somebody's got to own it. So I figured I'd just wear it all around the fest the rest of the fucking weekend and fucking maybe somebody would just be like, hey, yo, fucking. That's my hat. But, yeah. That's, and I'd be like, yeah, fuck, I found it. Yeah, it's yours. But nobody right. did. So I got a new hat. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. Awesome. James, what about you? I think you're towing the company line over there. Yeah, so I've got the <laughs> the Baldwin Asylum logo shirt. Awesome, yeah. those look good, man. Spider skull logo, but this is kind of more of our gears logo. It uh, says cool. plain old Baldwin Asylum and pain and suffering. Awesome. Yeah, rehabilitation through pain and suffering. Fucking right. Very cool. <laughs> what about you, Taryn? What do you got going on over there? I got the stabby bunch going on. Yeah, I love that shirt. Nice, <laughs> nice. That shirt's dope. Nice. <laughs> Little. Uh, Got Freddy Krueger, fucking Leatherface, Michael yeah, Myers. That's fucking sweet. Yeah, yeah that's badass. <laughs> yeah, Joey can see that. And then what about you over there, Austin? Uh, I got the uh, Megadeth shirt from the uh, 2022 tour they were in. So it was pretty cool. Hell yeah, hell dude. Yeah. With the Lamb of awesome, God and shit. Dude. Very cool. Yeah, hell yeah. We were, awesome. We were very, front very row of that cool. show and like. Dave's voice went out. He started screaming at a security guard. I was like, fuck yeah, we get to see Dave fucking rub some. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, what about you? What do you got going on? Uh, I'm wearing the <clears throat> coat hanger abortion shirt. Nice. Uh, about to drop. About that's to the drop one your grandma got you? Your grandma yeah, she bought got me this one. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> jumping across the pond over in the UK, I'm wearing the crepitation hat. Hell yeah. Nice. And, and and just just to to shout it out at full terror fucking uh the lead singer for cephalic carnage lenzig he got brought back to our camp and Fuck i was yeah, hanging dude. out with him i nice. was smoking bongs so we were all smoking bongs with him we were just, yeah we were trading he, buds and shit like it was hell yeah awesome he, he fuck. fucking went bud for bud so uh <laughs> right now i'm smoking the cephalic carnage bud right now <laughs> for awesome, the podcast dude. very cool very cool and then I got my Dark History and Horror Convention shirt. Fucking A. The one that uh, Jeff Gaither designed. So very cool. He signed it for me. Jeff Gaither. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So uh, very cool. Just like to always ask that and see what everybody's uh, wearing tonight. Um, now, last week we did an absolutely crazy one, Chris, on that whole Cheon Cannibal Clan. Eat the Rich. Eat the rich Eat is the right. Eat the fucking rich. South Korea, my God. Meanwhile, we're trying to get rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they hated the rich, so they thought, you know, kidnapping, torturing, imprisoning them, and then barbecuing their asses would be a good idea. So it was definitely a wild one. Share it with the neighbors. Yeah, for sure. And then Fuck Chris, the you neighbors. The, you did the metal feature. <laughs> that Fuck was yeah, Lester BK, which got to hang out with fucking Phil Good a little over the oh, weekend. Oh, nice, nice. Very cool. Yeah, Lust of Decay, definitely sick. And uh, we threw down a new Killer Cage match, which was awesome. And just the usual craziness, you know, that was going down. Episode 191, so if you missed it, go check it out. We're passing 900 on that one today, approaching 1,000, so we really appreciate it. You guys are Not sick, Not bad man. since you we've like been that. kicked off Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, apparently, man, they're digging on that Chihan Cannibal Clan, so... Go check that out. Motherfuckers be hungry. Tonight we're featuring a case that's been on the list for a long time. Uh, He's considered the most prolific modern serial killer, which is pretty impressive thinking about all the sick bastards that have been there before him. But UK had their own Dr. Death, Chris, because we did a Dr. Death. uh, Christopher Dunst. Dunst, yeah. And now we're doing another one across the pond. (laughs) 
in England, Harold Shipman, and it is definitely going to be a fucked up case with a lot of people. They're talking 250 and legit. Like these aren't like Henry Lee Lucas confession bullshit these are like really like cops have like ran this shit down and they've linked him to almost 250 uh, almost 300 if you look at some of the ones they're not 100 percent on so that's fucked up from 1971 to 1998 what a crazy reign of fucking terror man this dude killing his patients so definitely a good one we're gonna dig into the details tonight in the murder segment uh, Joey, you got the horns tonight, dude. You're doing the uh, feature on a band I don't know a damn thing about. Yeah, and I don't have the horns yet because I haven't gone out and bought the damn horns. But uh, we I, got I, you though. I, we got go horns <laughs> over here. I have a I have a note right in front of my face. Go buy the damn horns. <laughs> so well, for, we'll, if, hopefully for uh, next time. I got them for you, know, you in my hand right now, bro. Up. He's got them for you. Oh, yeah. By proxy, you uh, got the horn. Yeah, for sure. Taryn's got a horn. <laughs> we got horns got all over the yeah. place. We're just fucking horny. As long, as, long as you all have one, then we're <laughs> right. good to go. It's like, That's right. It's like Voltron. <laughs> uh, so, so that's awesome, and we're going to do that on uh, which band, Joey? Uh, tonight, I'm going to do the band Helmet. Hell yeah, dude. Like I said, I don't know anything about them. Uh, my wife, when I was putting the music on, she was like, what the hell's that? You know, because she's used to like the stuff Just that I always rah, play. Yeah. So it's definitely <laughs> different. And that's good. Mixing it up a yeah. little bit. Chris, you got a Lost Classic yes, for I us. Yes, I do. That's going to be wicked. Yes, I do. You guys are going to fill us in on Full Terror Assault, which is going to be great. Yep. And then that Tampa Death Fest, Joey's getting close. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Fuck so that's yeah, going to be crazy in the metal segment and then austin's in a band so we're going to talk a little bit about that when we get to Hell the metal yeah. segment so that's cool too killer cage match is insane now tonight <laughs> we had to get creative with listeners because normally we get the listeners off the facebook page but we haven't so been we have facebook. some listeners for you chris we want to say <laughs> thank you names. To. jesus christ first one is uh haywood jablomi Okay, that's cool. <laughs> and we got IP Daily. Okay. And fucking Claude Balls. Hell yeah. Claude Balls, one of my favorites. All that's, right, so. That's Michael's name on the prop. Fucking that's goddamn. Right. <laughs> on the, the mugshots up on the wall, Claude Balls. So, tonight we got an epic battle, though. We got two chicks fighting to death in the corner tonight. Joey, what's the deal with this one? Uh, we got Miss Hate Fuck herself, Casey Anthony. Right. Uh, she's going to be fighting up against fucking <laughs> yep. the UK psycho, Myra Henley. Oh, so dude. we got U- US versus UK in this bitch. Cat fight, God fucking damn. psycho bitches on both sides. Like, holy shit. This is going to get nuts. Uh, and to, they're going to have a couple objects, Chris. Should make oh, yeah. it interesting. Very, Very interesting. Because I actually way. looked after I saw who it was. I was like, what are the yeah, fucking... Right? So I actually looked this time. Yeah, you look, but still. <laughs> it's going to be good. We're going to do that for you in the Mayhem segment, a favorite part of the show for listeners loving that shit. Tonight, though, guys, Sick Rick Masks. You guys talked about it in your uh, live you did here before we started. Uh, S-I-K-R-I-K masks.com, but some of the most killer stuff. What do you guys think of these masks in here, man? Man, one of my favorite here is definitely the Venom 
metal thing going on. It's, yeah, it's yeah sick, the black man. metal mask. Yeah, it's so fucking sick. I love the Gacy one. It's just really creepy. And I like, you know, how he can do them in Zombie, like our Ed Gein one, or in Sepia, like the Holmes, or Natural Skin, you know, tones. It's just, just amazing shit. So... We appreciate Rick sponsoring the show, and we legit have nine of these fucking masks in here because we love this shit. And can't wait for the Eileen Warnos to get finished. Yeah, dude. the Eileen Warnos is going to be really creepy. The eyes are pretty intense on that one, so that should be great. And also, don't forget about the Tampa Death Fest coming up. They're also a sponsor. That's going to be Friday, September 30th through Sunday, October 2nd at the Brass Mug in tampa florida you guys have been there chris you guys love me and joey fuck yeah yeah it's an awesome venue and the people putting it together top shelf really great three fucking nights of some of the most brutal off the wall death metal all fucking friday saturday and sunday killer lots of good joey some good out of town bands a lot of florida bands like joey played last year yeah, not the Death Fest. I played the Grind Fest, but oh, that's uh, what it was. That's still what it Tampa. Was. Yeah, but still Same Tampa spot. the Brass Mug. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, we'll talk more about that later. Um, we got a couple of remote podcasts coming up that we're going to be doing. Uh, one is going to be with these guys here at the Baldwin Asylum in Rantoul, Illinois, Hell on yeah. Saturday, October fifteenth. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> And that's open to the public. We're going to fill you in more on that later. So you got to stay tuned. But it's going to be great because these guys have an incredibly awesome haunted house that they put on. And it's a spectacle. Um, just from what I've seen pictures of the shit you guys do, totally fucking stoked to check it out. It really, yeah. really looks Fun. awesome. So we're going to talk more about that later. And then we're going to be doing one, Chris, at the Painted Wraith. Yep, I love that store in Bloomington. You guys seen that place in Bloomington? No, like yeah, really cool. That's our that's our fucking buddies that own that place. Yeah, curiosities and shit. Really, really cool. But we're going to be doing another episode there. We did one last October. We're doing that on Tuesday, October 11th. We're recording an episode on vampires, which is going to be wicked, and that's going to be part of kind of our horror monsters theme for the whole month. We're doing Frankenstein zombies vampires and we're doing uh day of the dead yeah that's uh, which is going to be wicked so we're going to be going all out with halloween themes and creepy shit for october and so that's going to be good and so we'll talk more about that as the show keeps rolling we want to say thank you to everybody that listens to murder metal mayhem you guys are the shit uh we keep seeing the numbers coming in even despite the facebook jail shit 2,900 listens this week. So that was really cool. So we appreciate that. And guys, we've got a lot on our plate tonight. Going to be taking a little plane ride, Chris. We've been taking a lot of plane rides lately. Racking up the miles. Can't just drive where we're going right now, dude. So we're going to England. And we're going to see if we can survive a date with the Dr. Death of the UK. Fucking right. Let's get our fucking murder on.
Jesus Boom. Christ, man. Fucking severed head, head shop. And the song, And the Night Was Dark as Fuck. I love that. Joey, what's that EP called? It's called The Fuckening. The Fuckening, yeah. yeah. I got the fuckery <laughs> right, in my yeah, notes. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew that wasn't right. Oh, man, that's some fucking Those guys were dope shit. when they played Bloodshed, though. Yeah. Fucking badass. Yeah, they brought it, and really cool guys. So thanks, Justin, for sending me that, and uh, we're going to do a review of it, too. So you guys just fucking kill it. And so, yeah, we love it. They're from Indiana, right? Hell, yeah. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. Right next to us. All right, and we got the guys here from the Baldwin Asylum still hanging out with us, so... Good to have everybody here, and these guys are going to kind of split the duties on the mic. So the first up is going to be Taryn uh, is going to be talking to us through this murder segment. So go ahead and uh, and you know get yourself situated. We're going to talk about some crazy serial killer shit here. So it should be fun uh, tonight. Though we're going to be doing a case of one that is just unbelievable that more people don't know about this dude. The most prolific serial killer of the modern age is what they're claiming, old Harold Shipman. A Shipman. very unsexy man, Chris. You know, no cool names, nicknames. Uh, Dr. No, Death, but... No screen door intruder. I mean, Dr. Death, I guess he was... He would have been before Dunch? No, I don't uh, know. I mean, he started before. I, I don't yeah, remember when Dunch got yeah, caught. So, I mean, if... I don't know when the media started calling him that, so that would be a good, you know, extra credit True. question. For somebody to tell now, us I will, who's first, Dunch or Shipman. I will say that with fucking uh, Shipman, they did call him Freddy, too. Right, like A lot true. of people called him Freddy Shipman. Right. And he he was killing motherfuckers in their dreams, kind of, because he had been <laughs> so fucked up on pills. That's true. <laughs> All morphined out. So it's a, it's a crazy one. And this is going to England for the their doctor death. So it should be good. And uh, multiple decades uh, this is going on, so unbelievable. Uh, but he killed mostly older people, which makes it that much more fucking heinous. Uh, you know, such a normal guy on the surface, and then just, you know, behind the scenes, man, doing some it's deadly like I shit. Kill. Killing people. And uh, he fits so well. Like Gacy was one, you know, very, very affable, likable guy. And he's fucking killing kids and putting them in his crawl space. So this is something that reminds me of that. Um, but he was only convicted of 15 murders. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. And we're going to get into this tonight. And we got the guys here from Baldwin to do it with us. So this should be a lot of fun. Now, Chris, how well do you think Shipman is in the true crime fandom? Um I didn't even know anything about him until you and Cash started talking about him. So, I mean, that, but that's just my dumbass fucking. Whoa. But also, he's from overseas, the UK, and like we've talked about before, fucking ones that aren't in the United States, sure, unless there's something fucking just crazy like Chikatilo or something. Right. It's just like, I don't know. But being as big as it was, as all his victims and everything, I don't know. I, like I said, I didn't hear about it until you and Cashman talked about him. Right. I had no idea what the fuck it was. Yeah, so you I, you know, I think a lot of people may be you know, surprised to, to find out they're going to learn something. Right. Do you guys know anything about Shipman before we had you guys wanted to come in? No. Not no, at all. The only one I knew about was the one that uh, Zach Bagans actually has his van now. No shit. And he did like the 
suicides for people in the van, but he would actually kill them. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, like, people that just wanted to die, he would take them in the van, and he was his own little doctor. Okay. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, that sounds pretty sick. So, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it, serial killers are just fascinating, but this is one that I think a lot of our listeners are not going to be real familiar with. Now, Joey, we've covered doctors and nurses that kill their patients, and it's just such a fucked up thing. I mean, what is it about it? I mean, first off, you got these are the people that are supposed to be fucking protecting you. Right. And, you know, keeping you from being fucking hurt or dead. There's also, you know, I'm not saying that every human has this, but there is a fucking human condition where some people are, are very afraid to go to like dentists or doctors or things like that right. on a, like on a primal level, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So fucking everybody already has that fear in them, but you talk yourself out of it. Like if you go through a surgery or something, you're like, Oh, you know, you're going to hope for the best and oh, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But then you got some motherfucker that's fucking tipping the scales and making sure you die during that watch. <laughs> right. Like that's just, that's just fucking giving into every fear that those people have. Like, see, see what can happen. Right. No, that's a good point, dude. That's a good point. Um, and so I knew a little bit just the name, but I really had no idea the gravity of it until I watched a documentary and I was like, Holy shit with this guy, definitely on the list. Um, you know, definitely a must-have in our uh, lineup because it's just so crazy that he killed in the 70s, 80s, and the 90s. Like three decades, Yeah, dude. just, I mean, putting up some crazy numbers. Uh, and I'm going to do a comparison at the end of him as compared to some of these others we talk about, and it's pretty startling. Now, uh, Taryn, the fact that 80% of his victims are older, you know, senior citizen females... I mean, just makes this motherfucker like you just in a prison environment, not going to do real well in the... No. (laughs) But, you know, nobody likes somebody like that. Just so awful. But they go for the weak, right? Because most of them are just fucking cowards. Yeah. when, When I was looking into it, it mainly looked like his main goal was to take whatever money or whatever they had left over. Right, he could just take from them. So if they were older, nobody would think about it. And right, he could just and take suspect because they're already older. But you know, he fucks up. We're gonna get to that. But, oh yeah, you know, it's an interesting story. But the fact that he was going after these older women, you know, you think about like your grandma, like that's mm-hmm. fucked up. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Uh, so, you know, I was really close with uh, one of my grandmas, and I couldn't imagine. Something like that happening, which is fucking horrible. You know, I turn into a serial killer myself. <laughs> exactly. So he's born Harold Frederick Shipman. So Joey was right. You know, the they called him Freddy, but you know, the serial killer world, the true crime world, was calling him Harold Shipman. So that's what I'm going to use. But certainly, Joey's correct that you know that was definitely how he went. Uh, but 1946. Hey, got- yeah, go ahead, Joey. I was just going to say real fast, I was doing my homework for y'all. Uh, <laughs> Harold Shipman's, um, his crimes span from 1975 to 1998. And Christopher Dunch was born in 1971. Oh, so damn. he was only four whenever. So he was four when Shipman started his Oh, story, shit. So, All right. Uh, he was definitely first. He's the true one then. Okay. Well, very good, right? Joey. Very, very good. <laughs> He's born 1946, as Joey said, Nottingham, England. 
His friends and family called him Fred or Freddy. Um, he was the middle child of three, raised in a working class house, uh, had both parents. They're both very devout Methodists. Um, he was this, you know, big sports guy. Played rugby. He was badass um, at rugby. He was, dude. and he could run. He was a good uh, long distance runner, which we're going to get to that as like a coping. When mechanism. he stopped playing rugby, is when all his murderous aggressions came out. That's true. Yeah, it would have been better in the scrum than, <laughs> right? than out doing what he was doing. But a bit of a loner, and we've seen that before with guys like this. So, you know, no big surprises there. Um, but, you know, the running uh, and the rugby, he became vice captain of the school's athletic team. Um, his grades were good, you know, but pretty average. Um, so he didn't really stand out um, in high school. Now, they don't use the same names of schools like we do. Like, they have, like, prep primary school, so I think that's grade school. But right. nonetheless, I believe it was when he was in high school that he was just kind of average. You know. Yeah, but he was good at rugby. Yeah, but he was really good in sports, yeah. Now, his life completely gets upended when he's 15. Some sources I looked at said 17, so I'm not sure. But the mom died in 1960, so my math says he was 15, um, based on what month and everything. Um, he really was close with her, nonetheless. She died when he was a teenager. He yeah, was really he, close with her. So she that he was 17 and, like... She got cancer, and his dad was working all the time, so he was basically fucking taking take care, care of her the whole time. Like, get off out of school, just run straight home, take care of her. and Yeah, and really like taking care of his mom, you know. Right. Just, but it was sad because he was seeing her, you know, um, you know, with the morphine and, and all that. So See, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, he saw his mom fucking having this Something cancer clicked. or whatever. <laughs> watching this doctor give her morphine all the time take the fucking pain away and then next thing you know she died after getting morphine so right maybe that clicked in his head is like oh i'm just taking pain away or he's yeah it's yeah. just a fucked up situation there. yeah i mean she he was completely fucked up he ran literally all night long um uh, he didn't know what else to do and that's how he kind of coped with it is he just ran literally all night that's pretty fucked right. up um now, Chris, I mean, what kind of impact do you think, you know, this is going to have on him as yeah. close as he was with her? Yeah, like I said, fucking, he just lost his mom. And she, like, privileged him out of fucking all the other kids, too. They, like, treated him like he was the best child they ever had. Fucking, like, look up to this kid. Telling the other kids, basically, look up to your brother. He's going to do things in life. Right. And then his mom dies, and he sees how she, the pain that she was in, and the morphine's helped the pain, so that's where it went. It yeah. impacted him a lot, I feel like. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Joey, what do you think? I mean, with the whole thing with his mom taking the morphine, I mean, that's obviously got to stick with him and be filed away in that file, that serial killer's keep of, hmm, this might be an idea I might want to use someday. Yeah, and I mean, not only is an idea he might want to use, he obviously dwelt on the subject in right. some form or other and to say that there couldn't have been a link between that and you know the way his mom you know what happened with her and right. it, and exactly the same time that he starts taking an interest in medicine you know it's right i don't know there that's too many coincidences for me not to believe that that's exactly how that road went right i agree dude i agree 
I mean, Taryn, we talk all the time on Murder Middle Mayhem about these traumatic things that happen in these guys' lives that really fucks them up. But I mean, everybody deals with some heavy shit. So why, what do you think it is about them that, that just seems to throw them in a super bad way, man? I think it has to do a lot of mental. I mean, maybe some mental health issues maybe going on, which makes sense. You know, if you're not stable and some crazy shit, you know, like your mom being sick and dying, that's pretty rough on anybody, let alone a teenager. You know, that would be uh, that would be hard for anybody to deal with. You agree? Yeah. I mean, and a lot of these guys, if you look deep into them. Like their home life before when they were younger, sometimes it was really their bad. mom they would beat them or their dad oh, would yeah. beat them. So yeah, and then some out. are totally normal. That's what's so weird, you know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense why you know one guy would lead a totally normal house, you know, upbringing, and then be a fucking crazy serial killer. But I think, like you said, you get the mental health issue part of this. That you know, obviously, we really don't know. You know what the hell the deal was with that. So, 1966, Harold gets married to old Primrose May Oxtaby. I mean, if that's not a fucking English-sounding name, I really don't know what the fuck is, Joey. I mean, Primrose? That's that's pretty fucking English. (laughs) Yes. So, we got some English listeners, so please, you're going to have to excuse me, but that just sounds so stuffy to me. I don't know what the deal is with that. I've personally never met anybody named Prim. Yeah, I mean, she might have been really nice. I'm probably just a jackass for fucking even saying. (laughs) So she was studying to be an artist. So she was, you know, an artistic type. He's 20 and they get married. uh, But, you know, that's not uncommon at that time. Getting married young. They had four kids. So, you know, they had kids early. She got pregnant before they got married, too. Their first kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's one of those shotgun wedding type things, I believe. Fucking whore. (laughs) Yeah, they had to get married behind her family's back because they they didn't agree with it. I could see if they were devout, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not cool. I think I saw somewhere that, like, in that time period, like, like, only, like, percent of kids were born out of wedlock or something right. like some now it's like eight percent are born in wedlock yeah right yeah it is a total reversal it's sad it honestly is um so he studies medicine at the Leeds school of medicine at the university of leeds though you know he didn't get in the first time so it took two times he finally gets in he graduates in 1970 and the question is, you know, uh, did he become a doctor to help or to hurt people? And like you guys have already pointed out, you know, he was obviously getting into medicine at this time. He sees what happens to his mother. So that certainly was right. some sort of inspiration. But what inspiration? I guess we won't ever know. But, you know, it's homicidal experimentation. Right. <laughs> So this is just nuts, but he winds up getting a job uh, right out of medical school at an infirmary in Pontrefact, or Pontrefact, uh, West Riding of Yorkshire. There's another town name, like, wow, like, that's a long town name, West Riding of Yorkshire. (laughs) It's just, it's very English sounding. Um, so everything in English sounds really proper. It makes us sound like a bunch of hillbillies oh. here, Joey. I mean, you know, barefoot in the fucking yeah. horns high. Fucking you know cornfields, I mean? man. Is. 
I mean, you guys drove through fucking cornfields to get here, you know. Oh, so we're in the cornfield. middle of the green the wave, corn, right? So Chris <laughs> Shipman appears to be that classic serial killer leading that double life. Yeah, like BTK and shit. Like he's at home chilling with the family. He's fucking raising his kids, doing right. his job. I mean, yeah, he might be killing people at his job, but he's doing his job, taking care of his family. Right. I'll go with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean if you get away with to, it, do it, dude. Do like, it. <laughs> we brought it up so many times before, but BTK called it cubing, where you can keep various sides of a cube for that part of your life separate from the others. Right? You're the work guy. You're the at-home guy. You're the serial Depends killer. on which side of the cube is showing. That's fucked up. And that's how... You know, BTK described that, that what that was like, how he was able to do those things. Because most people would think, how the hell do you go back to your family after you just fucking killed somebody? That's fucked up. You Best know? way to hide it. Well, that's what I I'm mean, saying. I mean, for real. Some people can't pull that together. Oh, no. Whereas a guy like this is just so fucking cool, some devious shit. You he know? started believing his own and, lies. And th there's two yeah. kinds of people that do that. Because you get like this guy or... I guess a regular serial killer who does it for fun and then goes back to their family. Then you get somebody like fucking the Iceman or a fucking Mafia Hitman right. who does it for business, right. but you're still killing the motherfucker and you go back, you to, go your back to your family. Yeah. True, so, dude. It, but maybe you don't feel like like the perversion guilt thereafter for doing it like a serial killer. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, so 1974, he gets a job as a general practitioner, a GP. And, you know, like that old school family doctor type of thing back in the day. Uh, we don't see that anymore. But, you know, now we go to like prompt care and we're seen by a nurse practitioner. Uh, you don't usually see a doctor unless you're pretty fucked up and they refer you to one. Like, you need to go somewhere not here. <laughs> fucked up, dude. <laughs> but back in the day, that's what Shipman was doing. And now he's at the Abraham Amarad Medical Center in Todmorden. Wow, these names. And was really impressive to his superiors. His patients loved him. But very odd that he was so distant as a kid and he just kind of blossomed into this, you know, very personable guy that people just really liked. Um, but, you know, he did have the odd thing they said was that he always wanted to do his own injection. So he didn't want the nurse doing his doing, injections for him. He wanted to do like them I himself. Like I got to do it myself, right? Yeah, so that was kind of weird. But, hey, he was a really good doctor, so they just let it roll. Um, and now it would have been at this point that they believed he started killing. And I don't know what you guys saw, but a couple different sources I saw said they think the first victim was a four-year-old girl. I saw something about that, which yeah. I thought was yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, she was supposedly sickly, and he was able to, uh, you know, using morphine, overdose. And like you said, Chris, you know, put him in la-la land, and then they're, they're off to sleep. Um, he would feel godlike, uh, he would say, in the power of life in his hands like that. So three patients I saw of his died in one day, which that's is crazy. Um, and it's amazing that nobody was putting this together. I mean, that just sounds kind of over the top here. Now, Joey, we start to see sh uh, Shipman on this slippery slope. What happens, man? He gets busted <laughs> doing some dumb shit. 
see Shipman on the slippery slope. I can't even say it one time, much less three times. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a he's a fucking idiot. He gets caught. Um, he's going through fucking paperwork. Uh, or the doctors find some paperwork and it shows that he's been fucking forging prescriptions for Demerol for himself because he's right. a fucking drug addict. And then so they're like, oh, why would, you know, they're questioning him. And he's like, well, I just take it because if I'm going to prescribe it to my patients, I should know what the effects are. Right. Which is a fucking absolutely ridiculous <laughs> thing to even, even <laughs> contemplate that they're going to be okay with. Right, right. But yeah, so he, he gets busted for that. He gets fucking fired he gets forced to go to rehab and i mean this is just the beginning of his medical career so not looking right. too great no not looking very good at all what was that i think it was for the maybe it was for the murder in may didn't we do like a fucking a nurse that killed a whole bunch of people too yeah we did and, uh, uh, janine jones she with that's who infants, it was yeah i was trying to think of her because texas yeah because she had that yeah, and she liked, uh, she had the fucking, I can't remember what it was, you know, where she fucking liked it when she got all the attention for trying to save him and all that shit. Oh, you know? right, right. Uh, that, all the attention that surrounded all the fucking shit. But there the were things that. By proxy? Yeah, yeah. And there were things that she did and, and the way that she acted that definitely fucking reminded me of how Harold Shipman. No, that's a good too. analogy, man, for sure. Uh, Janine Jones was a sick one we did, I think, in the month of May, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Where I we put so. all the fucked up females usually in Mother's the month of May Day. for Mother's Day. All right, so he's got this fucking attitude. He's better than everybody, probably because his mom told him that. All the fucking time. Yeah, all the time. Uh, he convinces <laughs> an employer to give him another chance after he gets off of the fucking rehab over his addiction, apparently, but he gets a job as a GP at a Donnybrook Medical Center in Hyde, uh, that's just Greater Manchester in 1977. Uh, he would blend in with others and keep that job in the uh, 1980s um, and then eventually would open up his own office. It's interesting in England, they called the doctor's office the surgery. The sur so yeah, yeah. He opened his own surgery. Yeah meaning he opened his own office uh, in 1993 at 21 Market Street in Manchester. I just thought of something about before he got fucking uh, busted for writing all the prescriptions. Like, he was, like, blacking out during fucking surgeries and shit or whatever, and they uh, they diagnosed him with Parkin not Parkinson's, uh, epilepsy. That's why they were saying he was blacking out or whatever, but it was oh, really because okay. he was just so fucked up on the drugs that he'd just fallen out. Oh, my like, God. Like, he got to the point where his wife was, like, driving him everywhere he needed to go. Wow. Which I thought was fucking hilarious. Like, all these doctors are going to be like, oh, yeah, it's just epilepsy. Like, come on, man. Yeah, and then to, to let him doing, you know, performing right. operations and things. Or whatever like he's people. doing, not yeah. Good. Not good at all. So, and he's a respected member of the community, despite the fact he's been killing patients for more than 20 years. Um, people knew him, said he was very nice, very likable. Last person anybody would have thought would have been doing some shit like this. You know, um, another thing that was mo most of his victims lived alone. And as uh, Taryn pointed out earlier, you know, they're elderly, so they're more vulnerable. They're... Um, living alone, which makes them even more 
they got money mm-hmm. so he's thinking he's going to scam which we're going to get to that part of this um so very interesting the way he kind of sets these up with these perfectly situated victims that he can handpick because he's a doctor and he deals with so many people at that age you know it's like the it's like the kid in the candy store the pedophile's playground you know um right this guy's got the elderly population at the in the palm of his hand because he's the fucking doctor he's like god yeah, he's the boss and he's saying who's living and who's dying it's pretty fucked up like so, people were like i fucking feel like i got a miracle having him as my doctor like it was crazy oh they loved him and and he was actually quoted as saying that the elderly are a drain on society because you know in england it's national medicine so nobody pays for anything it's all free right so you know the the government's paying for it but you know the individuals think it's free but there's nothing is fucking free you know somebody somebody's got to pay for for this shit you know and you know so it's that's a whole argument for another day but um taryn i mean 1998 the the house of cards starts to fall in because a doctor is brave and she steps up and says hey something's going on here there's a lot of people dying under old dr shipman what was the deal with that (laughs) uh yeah she just every time he would just bring in a body and she's like this is a little way too much for a doctor yeah and there was she was you know a doctor herself so i mean you know Mm -hmm. they're gonna take her seriously dr linda reynolds of the brook surgery so a different surgery a different doctor's office in Hyde, which isn't a real big town. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, you know, there's a high rate of deaths going on here with his patients. But, I mean, nothing, unfortunately, is done about it, you know. Yeah, they, they looked into it, and it was like, what was it? Uh, it's like eight. Yeah, like eight people died in a month. Right. And that would have been like two people a week a week right that yeah. he would kill yeah and it was just outrageous numbers of yeah there's no way that many heart failures or right. whatever he claimed it was yeah, exactly would be going on these were healthy people in some cases but yeah, this shit's sick. been going on at this point for 20 fucking years mm-hmm. so this is just unbelievable and chris apparently Dr. Reynolds was concerned about all these cremations. Uh, yeah. What was the deal with that, with the signatures? Like, because there was a thing like uh, if somebody dies and they want cremation, they're supposed to have another doctor sign a, this certain form. I can't remember the what form, like form eight or some shit like that. I don't fucking right. know. But fucking, but that was basically only if it was a violent death, if it was a nonviolent death, natural causes or whatever all the doctors in the area were just like write it off themselves like whatever it doesn't matter but if had it been like a murder right they would have had to go get another doctor I so see. like all these are basically just natural causes because he said so he's the doctor right so he didn't have to sign off on that so he was able to fucking get all these burn notices that's what i'm going to call them okay and uh yeah, and she noticed that compared to her fucking number of patients in her practice and the number of patients in his practice and the number of deaths she was having and the number of deaths he was having was like 
way the fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, way the fuck yeah, he off. He was off the charts on any statistic you look at. Um, Joey, later on with the shipment inquiry, they're going to be blaming the police in Manchester for putting some inexperienced cops on that case. I mean, what did you what did you see about that? I mean, uh, they're going to talk shit about the cops in this fucking investigation, but who in the world had gone through anything like that up to that point, you know? Right. Um, they said that the officers, the officers were inexperienced. Uh, the investigation was too much for them, um, especially whenever it uh, referred to the cremation orders of Dr. Shipman. And I don't know. That's a, it's a crazy case. You don't hear a lot of that coming out of that fucking neck of the woods. So no, I don't know. In this in this instance, you know, you might be able to let it slide that they didn't do such a great job right away. Right. But. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to blame the cops after the fact, but still, you know, you got to put the inexperienced guys on some case. I mean, at that point, they had no fucking idea what they were dealing with, but. It just true. It yeah. looks bad, you know. When you're looking at inexperienced cops, maybe that if there was some seasoned detective on that, he might have been able to figure it out. But that's a big if, you know. But you know they're going to blame somebody. Um, after the investigation is closed, Shipman killed three more patients. But in August of 1998, a taxi driver would claim that Shipman had killed 21 people, and went to the police about it. Um, this guy's name is John Shaw, and he told the cops that he drove many patients to see Dr. Shipman at the hospital who were very healthy, and then they died under his care. And we're talking 21 fucking times. I mean, I'm kind of wondering what in the fuck took him that long to go to somebody. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of fucking like people. You gotta figure that out. It's like the goddamn locksmith on the fucking. Well, it wasn't the locksmith that was the detective on Dutroux. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. he's hearing the girl screaming inside the wall, and the guy's like, "Oh no, that's from outside." Right. Meanwhile, they were there to find a fucking torture dungeon. I mean, it was fucked up, but very similar. You know, the yeah, they, just twenty-one fucking... times that you got. Doing like, some oh, maybe shit. something's going on with this guy. Yeah, I mean, Taryn, do you think the taxi driver was maybe afraid? Is that why you think he didn't come forward? Or So what I looked into, um, it was actually his family members. So he actually had this notebook. He would write down everything that he thought, all his conspiracies, all of that. Oh, the taxi driver? Yeah. Okay. And then he would go to his family members and talk to them about it. Well, his family members were actually a part of his practice. So he was their doctor. Oh, shit. And they oh, kept okay. telling him, well, don't don't say that. How are you going to talk about somebody who's big so, in our community? Oh, They wow. were fucking all about fucking Yeah, and they were shipment. like, what if you're wrong? And then you just accused him of all this. So the oh, taxi driver just held on to that for a while. Because it's one up. against money, yeah. Yeah, and just kept building all that stuff up. And finally, wow. when he heard that the police were on the radar, that's when he was like, all right, I'm going to take all of this stuff. Oh, damn. And meet up with him. That's good, good detective work. Yeah, there, dude. Very like, good. That's fucking badass. Excellent. So the last known victim of Harold Shipman was 81-year-old Kathleen Grundy. She's found dead in her home June of 1998. 
Um, he had gone over there to just take some blood samples. Blood samples. He's the last one Quote. to see her alive, and uh, he signs the death certificate later on. He said the cause of death was old age, but the woman was in very good health, despite her age. She was in her 80s. Um, so this is you know, obviously going to bring some attention. Her family's surprised to hear that shipment said that she was so frail and sickly when she was and a very saying, yeah, they were, active older lady. Yeah, her kids are saying that she would physically be outside in the yard doing things and doing physical shit, not frail, not no right. walker, just Yeah, not like today working. with ordering shit on Amazon. Right, like she no. was like whittling wood and <laughs> You I actually know. got to walk to the store to get my shit. <laughs> right. God damn. That's right. Yeah, there was, was a granny spry. <laughs> her uh, her neighbor actually talked to the detective, too, because she said that, you know, anybody that came over to her house, whenever they would leave, that she would always take them to the door and wave them by. Right. And she said when she looked into the window, she was just sitting in her chair, and she was like, that's not like her. She usually... Oh, you know, wow. walks them out and says bye. So she but, automatically knew from there it was a little weird. Interesting, interesting. Very good. So, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely, you know, the the family knows something's up. Uh, Shipman was doing his very best not to have an autopsy done, um, but the family, you know, um, agreed. And so that's that's how that went at first. Now, Chris, he fucks up with Kathleen Grundy. Uh, a little bit. little family issue there with some attorneys in the family. Yeah, uh, her daughter was an attorney already. Right. And now, so there's this uh, will of Kathleen's that is fucking forged as fuck. Yeah, it looks like a fifth grader did this shit, man. And, did and you see also pictures I of wanted it? to point out I didn't see pictures of it. <laughs> she's a lawyer, but right. in England it's a solicitor. So okay. want to make sure our English listeners oh, don't yeah. don't yeah. call us out. Okay. Yeah, this girl this girl's or this lady's daughter is a lawyer and he they pull out this will and everything in this woman's will is going to fucking goddamn shipman right like out of nowhere there was like <laughs> money two houses all this shit just yeah. going to shipman out of nowhere daughter's like wait what the fuck right. is happening four hundred and sixty four thousand dollars that's fucking yeah the u.s all dollars. to him four hundred thousand pounds but in u.s that's and, four yeah and two houses yeah. Like, what the fuck? This lawyer daughter's like, hold on, sir. And it looked like, it looked fucking janky as fuck, like white out. Like, it was really bad. It looked really horrible. Um, but the will was so poorly forged, you know, they knew something was up. It was also very sloppy because she was very orderly. Right. So she wouldn't have done it like that. Her signature wasn't right. You know, the daughter, they all know something's going on. The Manchester News, though, I saw was tipped off about the forged will, and they start looking into it as well. So when you got these investigative reporters climbing all over your ass, that's not good. That's where they come up with Dr. Death, Joey. So that was when they actually named him that. So we'd have to see when that was. To see. Oh, yeah, when the name. Yeah, yeah, but I'm still thinking it's probably shipment. So uh, once they looked into it, though, everybody realized it was much bigger than just one patient. 
And this is going to shell shock this little town of Hyde um, that was, you know, at one time, you know, people held doctors in a much higher regard. Like you said, Taryn, people would have been like, how are you going to accuse the good doctor of doing that? Are you sure you're going to fucking make yourself look like an ass? You're going to besmirch this guy's name. So it was a much different thing. Not like today where a motherfucker would be on Facebook right now with pictures and shit and would be all over it <laughs> and probably have a lawyer before they got home, you know? So that's just how it is today. But this was, of course, a much different time. But, Joey, it's amazing that uh, Shipman had been killing patients for that long and would fuck up like this in, in 1998. I mean, what do you think... Do you think yeah, he I mean, did it? He was cocky, or what was the deal, man? I don't know. It's ridiculous. You're going to have an old woman, you know, that you're the only beneficiary on her will. None of her family, nobody else but Shipman was. So whenever, you know, she passes and, you know, you can start pointing fingers, who are you going to point the finger at? The only person that was fucking had an MO, you know? And it, like you said, was he sloppy? Uh, did he get too fucked up on the Demerol and it fucking clouded his brain? Uh, who knows? His God complex, you know what I'm saying? Fucking whatever it was, that it seems like a really stupid fucking decision considering everything else he had been through. Yeah, it just seems like it's a unbelievably sloppy or was he just tired and just wanted to fucking end it? I don't know. It's hard to yeah. imagine. I mean, I think he was just so fucking cocky because he'd been getting along, you know, for so long doing this shit. And he has this, like, God complex thing going on. But, I, you know, it's unbelievable. He always thought he was smarter than everybody else. So I think he was just that obstinate that he just didn't think anybody would figure it out. So now there's this serious police investigation. Uh, Grundy's body was exhumed. So luckily they didn't cremate her, so that was good. Uh, they found traces of diamorphine, which is heroin, at levels high Fuck enough yeah. that would kill heroin. her. Heroin. <laughs> so yes. We do not endorse <laughs> such things, okay? Uh, this is commonly used in cancer patients as they get close to the end, and we know how that was with CK because that was how it was for him. It was you know just tough, but at least he was out of pain, and that's what that's for. But Shipman would claim Kathleen Grundy was a drug addict and that he was treating her for that. that and like, he also claimed he loaned her his typewriter to make her will, which is... Makes no sense. Yeah. Why would you go to your doctor? Hey, doc, can I borrow your typewriter for the weekend? Like, like, I got I got to write out a new will. Oh, of yeah. course you can. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's the beneficiary of it. Like, it's so stupid. Like, nobody would be this dumb. Dude, as smart Even the as... the Chihon family would be smart. As, Jesus Christ. As smart as he was and as long as he went through it, like, that... Like, what made him think that was the best idea to do? I don't know, dude. I don't know. So he shows the Go police. Go to Kinko's. <laughs> he shows the cops this journal he kept on his computer uh, dealing uh, or detailing notes from when, you know, he saw her about her addiction. But the police figure it out that he's lying because the entries are made before her death or after her death. Which is, again, fucking stupid. He should have been in the basic fucking computer course 
with BTK because <laughs> the whole sloppy di- or sloppy disc, floppy, floppy disc. disc. Yeah, I mean, like both of these idiots should have fucking taken a basic computer course because the cops could figure this shit out. I mean, it's ridiculous. So this anything would only make him look more guilty than he already fucking was. Another thing, he used diamorphine to kill, which he says, uh, you know, was stays in the body for centuries. I saw one of the docs yeah. had a doctor on there that said there's like dozens of things he could have used that would have been undetectable. Hey, just give him an <laughs> overdose of insulin. The body makes it. Yeah, I mean, the doctor said there's so many other things that why he used that was so stupid because they exhumed the lady and, of course, found it. And then they started exhuming others. Yeah, exactly. Um, So he could have used any other drug. It's just so fucking stupid. Um, I'm just wondering if it was like an homage to the mom because that's what they gave her. Right. But that's pretty fucked up when you know that it could maybe eventually catch you. Yeah. you know, being traced back to, you know, you as a doctor. So, Taryn, we see this, though, in serial killers, how they get so sloppy there at the end. But I don't know if you just think he just didn't think the cops could do that, or what do you think? I think he just got so used to getting you uh, getting away with it, he just got too comfortable. Yeah, and right. Slipped up one time. Yeah, that's all it takes. That's, that's literally true. all it takes. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. I agree with you 100. percent He just got really cocky and thought he was never going to get caught. I mean, fuck, he'd been doing it for three fucking decades. I mean, what? Why would anybody think you'd be going? I mean, if you've been doing something for that long, oh, yeah. you're just thinking I'm the shit. You know, I'm the best that there ever was. Especially when it's murder you're talking about. Like, yeah, three. Fucking decades. I got fucking hundreds of people under my belt. Ain't never going to catch me. Yeah, exactly. Let me do something stupid real quick. Right. Hold my beer. Hold my beer. (laughs) So he's finally arrested September 7th, 1998. Last week actually marked the 25th anniversary of his arrest. So pretty interesting we timed this that way. Uh, But he was a total piece of shit. Also found to have the same brother typewriter that was used to forge the will of Kathleen Grundy. So totally bonehead. Um, he tried to use his medical terms to confuse the police, but they're not going for it. The blood test that he said he was doing for Kathleen never existed. They couldn't find any evidence of any blood test at any lab or anything like that. He's tripping up in his lies, and it's obvious so they do eight more exhumations, like Chris said, and they find the heroin in the body, so they know it's him. They find a, or there was like times when he was at victims' houses when he was doing the house calls and shit, to where like he supposedly called the ambulance and then canceled the ambulance because they had died or. Oh, okay. Like, but they they go back and there's no phone records of it ever happening because it was like. Oh a, wow. Like, Hot landline back in the fucking... When they kept record of yeah. every call, right? I mean, they still keep record of every call. They're True. listening to us right now. Right. We're on, we're on the internet right now. They're listening. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, I mean, he's saying they died of heart attacks, but every one of them's got morphine in their uh, tissues. So they know it's him. So I saw there was a book written called Prescription for Murder by Brian Riddle and Gene Ritchie in 2000. And they claimed, you know, they believed at least that Shipman forged the will because he wanted to be caught 
because his life is totally out of control. He wanted to retire at 55 (laughs) and leave England and take the big money that he was going to inherit. So that's what I'm thinking makes more sense than he was wanting to turn himself in because I don't see a guy that's all cocky like this (laughs) ever wanting to turn himself in. I just don't see it. Um, I would have thought he would have wanted to get away with it and maybe skip town with the money and maybe. Uh, 464000 you could do quite a bit with that kind of money. (laughs) Peace! So (laughs) I saw an interview with one of his cellmates who said Shipman never admitted to anything, um, and I think in his mind he believed he was doing the right thing and had the power of God, like I've said. Um, Oddly, uh, he saved that cellmate when he tried to hang himself. That was kind of crazy. Which is ironic. Yeah. Christopher Barry D., the criminal psychologist, I saw him on an episode. He said Shipman saved him because he wasn't his victim type. So he was just being a human being and saved him, which is fucked up to think of a guy like that saving anybody. But if it was an old lady in his cell... You know, he it's, would have been like, yeah, whatever. It it's because I'm going it was back hanging, to not morphine. <laughs> you know what I actually saw that's actually really pretty cool? So, so they say most of his or all of his uh, victims were elderly women. Yeah, yeah. Most of them, yeah. But when I was doing my research and stuff, there was actually one male that he killed. Only one? Because I thought it said thought 80% were elderly oh. women. So maybe younger women but there, you saw there was only one male there might i only have been recall more hearing about one yeah I, yeah I, I don't remember hearing of any that's why i was surprised it was 80 percent. i would have figured it was 98 percent. but 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 yeah, so uh, one man yeah from what i've seen it was just one guy yeah but what happened was is he just got he was getting too close and shipman thought that he was going to figure it out and ended up killing him the same exact way in his hospital and stuff and told his son that it was the same thing. He had a heart condition. Wow. Had to take it. Yes. I know what story you're talking about because his son was like, this is really fucked up. This isn't what happened. My dad was fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, this guy's a fucking piece of work. Um, Now, Chris, I'm leaning toward, you know, the whole get the 464,000 and get out of town. I mean, but, I mean that's definitely you a, get away a with motivator. fucking murder that long. You might as well cash out real quick if you can, right? But that was the dumb way to try to do it, right? Because yeah, like, with that fucking stupid fake will that looked like yeah, a third grader. Most terrible way to fuck. Like, I can kill people. I could be a forger too. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, you got to know when to sub it the fuck out. Now, Joey, uh, the police pick up on 15 cases, so they figure that those are the ones that stand the best chance to put this son of a bitch away. Yeah, they figure that these cases, they have the most concrete evidence for a guaranteed conviction. Um, They had all kinds of suspicions on other ones, obviously, and they had other cases that they probably could have brought him to trial for had they needed to, but like you said, 15 of them, especially over there, that's enough to do the job. Yeah, definitely. So 15, I mean, they knew they had, you know, a lot more they could have got them on if those didn't work out, which is kind of genius to not try to put them up for 218 and then he's not guilty and then you're kind of fucked, you know. So pretty smart. Um, 
So what they claim, you know, they did, um, you know, the same pattern they see in all these 15. Nine of them were buried. Six were cremated, which, of course, he pushed for. First, he administered the lethal doses of the heroin. He forged their death certificates, then falsified their medical records to make it look like they were not in good health. And like we've been talking about, but then, you know, some of this shit they figured out after the fact that he was doing it. So that makes him look guilty as hell. Yes, sir. And most of these victims were also found fully clothed and sitting upright, which they found odd. If they had heart attacks, they're usually sprawled out on a floor or fell downstairs or something kind of dramatic, not just sitting properly all in your Sunday best in a chair you know yeah, there was one room. of the one of the i can't remember which who it was but one of the ladies that died her uh daughter or granddaughter like she never sat in that chair and she always faced the door on the couch over there she never sat in that chair so it was kind of weird that she's sitting up somewhere where she'd never be that's that's a good point i mean that's a good point so very very fucked up um so you know it's they pick up on his pattern. They know what he was doing, and he just did it over and over and over again. And like you know, most serial killers, you know, he preyed upon victims that wouldn't stand out. Taryn, you pointed it out. They're older. People aren't going to miss them, maybe because well, not that they're not going to miss them, but they wouldn't be surprised if they died because they were older, you know. But again, some of these people were very healthy, so the family knew something was up. Um, but you know, and the one with Kathleen Grundy certainly did him in. It was like Gacy with, you know, with uh, Peast. You know, they do that one that just fucking, just a slip, and they they takes. fucking caught their ass. Uh, the British fucking tail light or license plate light. <laughs> the uh, British statistician. Well, I've got some tongue twisters in here. David Spiegelhalter. There's another name. Uh, claimed that monitoring the statistics would show a huge increase in the deaths of elderly women when he was around. 1996, there was an excess of 67 women over 65 that died, and then in 98, it was 119. So, holy shit. He's definitely racking up the numbers. Um, so, death definitely follows him around and definitely had a thing with the older women. Um, but, you know, unlike most serial killers, Shipman didn't have to worry about getting rid of the body, which is pretty smart. He just leaves it. It's like, dead. You know, she's dead. dead Here's body. the death certificate. You don't have, because that's always the best one. Best burial ground ever. Right? That Your the house. serial killer will <laughs> have to deal with it. Somebody will take it away for you. Right. Yeah, the coroner just comes in. And it's yeah, and if they had them. resurrection the in there, Joey, the I mean, he could even make a couple of bucks on that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tip off the uh, the resurrection men or where the dead bodies were. Take a little piece of the action. So, Taryn, I mean, do you think Murder Metal Mayhem needs an official statistician? I mean, that sounds kind of important. Chris, we don't have a statistician. I'm fucking stupid. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Joey. You want to be our official statistician or do we need one? I mean, I feel like fucking, you know, Chris is already a dentist, a fucking published author, he's oh, a podcaster. True. He's true. got he's got lots of professions, so he might as well add this to his repertoire. 
Statistician. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So Google that. I after need to make we're business done. cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah, you do. <laughs> so the trial begins in October of '99. The media is going nuts over there in the UK. They got the Doctor Death thing going on. You know that's that's a pretty cool nickname. I'll give them that. Shipman is charged with 15 murders of women that were killed by lethal injections of diamorphine between 1995 and 1998. His lawyers tried. Was was, was Kevorkian not Dr. Death? I th- they called I him Dr. Was Death, too. too, yeah. Yeah, I think there's been, yeah, for sure. Kevorkian. Like, I feel like whenever I heard Dr. Death, I would think of Jack. Now Kevorkian, that you say that, Joey, I can't believe that didn't dawn on me either. Because, yeah, for sure, that would be oh, Kevorkian. Definitely, because we have done Kevorkian. Yeah. Yeah, the low twelve song "Begging to Die" that I wrote about it. it Doctor Death is in the lyrics, right? Yeah, for sure, right, right. <laughs> for sure. I wrote that in '98. So uh, anyway, um, you know, Kathleen Grundy was going to be uh, separately than the others was what they wanted, but they said no, so they lumped her in with the the fifteen. So he was definitely done for. The prosecution, you know, like I said, they knew they had all those other cases. These were just the first 15 they had, but they could have gone and for quite a few more. A lot of good evidence on them, too. They really did. But Shipman is arrogant as fuck. And Chris, no big surprise, though, on the verdict here. Nah, they, uh, I'm surprised it took six days, but six days of deliberation yeah. until 2000. He got convicted on all 15 counts of fucking murder, got life in prison for him, plus he got... Another like forty years for the forgery was that what it was? Fifteen years uh, for the forgery, yeah, yeah, for the forgery of murder and forgery. Um, But yeah, I saw that he got the uh, the life term plus four years for forgery. Fifteen life terms. Yeah, so he's pretty well fucked. Yeah, not going anywhere. (laughs) They call it whole life tariff over there. So their uh, life without parole is called whole life. Um, so that's what it is. He's got that. Now, Joey, I read 11 days after his conviction, he lost his medical license. So if he had any hopes of making a rebound here, that definitely would do him in. You would think that, you know, Shipman probably was never going to see the light of day again, much less be a fucking doctor. Right, right. So, so boo-hoo, boo-hoo, you lost your fucking license. But on the other hand, I mean... For real though, that like that's something that you worked your whole life for, went to fucking school, all that shit right. for, and you fucking lost that shit, and you're disgraced within right. the community that you were fucking you know once held up high in. So yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a sentence upon itself, minus the fucking prison. That's you know? a good point, man. He's just like that's the last straw kind of thing. So uh, Taryn, it's no surprise that his lawyers though they're going to do everything they can to appeal it. I mean, that's just the way that goes. I mean, anybody would, you know, public defender, regular paid attorney, you know, what have you. They're going to fight and try to get the overturn. Yeah. But doesn't work, does it? No. No. So, yeah, I mean, they, they tried, but nothing worked. Um, I did see, though, that there was another serial killer in prison with him, but I don't know anything. You ever heard of Peter Moore? I no. actually, the... When I when I started reading up on him, as soon as I heard the Man in Black, I didn't know his actual name, but when that's I seen what they the called him. Yeah, the Man in Black. 
fucking Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is the man in black. Apparently, <laughs> Peter Moore. Everybody knows Peter that. Moore. Um, so uh, Harold Shipman and Peter Moore are buddies, and so uh, you know if his name was you know first name last kind of thing. Uh, more, more Peter, Peter. you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ, whatever, you know, whatever you want to think about that. So Shipman would continue what if his to name deny was Peter Shipman. <laughs> uh, he's denying this shit. His wife would say he wasn't guilty. So she's like fucking Patsy Cline standing by her man. And uh, Shipman never made any sort of public announcement or any media interviews. Um, at one point, though, during the investigation, he turned his chair around. Did you see this? It turned his back to the interrogator and just refused to answer him. Yeah. Like a big fucking baby. Fucking bogus. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> Fuck. So he would go down in history as the first doctor in England to ever be found guilty of killing one of his patients. So That's fucking crazy, the first one ever. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. In 2000? Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, they don't have as much of that craziness, I guess, as we do here. Because fucking us Americans are fucking psycho. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Fuck. 1957, though, there was a case of Dr. John Bodkin Adams, who was charged with murdering a patient. And there were rumors of dozens, of more, dozens more, but he was acquitted. Some speculate he was the inspiration for shipment. He so. probably didn't try to fucking steal somebody's will. Probably not. Didn't <laughs> didn't let him borrow his typewriter. Yeah, definitely didn't let him borrow yeah, his typewriter. So pretty fucking stupid. Um, Chris, I guess Shipman though would get the last laugh here, would he not? Yeah, yeah. So, two thousand four, January two thousand four. Now, I saw two different things. It was the day before his fifty eighth birthday, or it was right after he turned fifty eight, because it had something to do with his pension. I think it was before, but I like the day before his birthday. Okay, but either way, he fucking decides, fuck this shit. I'm gonna fucking hang myself and kill myself because, like I said, it all had some something to do with the pension. It did. Penrose, Pen, Pen, what's her fucking name? That's her name. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, something (laughs) that had to do with her getting his pension and shit. (coughs) So he decides, fuck it. Fuck everybody. I did my killing. I'm not going to be here no more. I'm out. Hung himself. Yep. But he times it just right. right. Yeah, something about the timing worked out. Yeah, well, he did it between the 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. count. So he knew he'd have an hour. So he did it. Right. So he timed it just right. And it would have helped his wife, like you say, Chris, with his pension. That's fucking weird. Pretty quick. Fucking just over the top. And I'm dead, but you get money. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take care of my kids. Joey, Don't let he them kill only people. did four years, and then that happens. Kind of reminds me, you know, of a David Parker Ray or one of those cases where they die way too soon. Yeah, I agree um, with this guy. I don't know if fucking he was going to be uh, very informative to help out anybody with anything anyway. Right. He he was just going to be a fucking waste of taxpayers money. So yeah, you know, <laughs> no, it's a good point in this case. Maybe it's not a bad, bad case that he took himself. Right. But what do you, do you think that the two fifty? I mean, I mean, it seems pretty legit. Like they like, like really went through all his patient files and figured out yeah. how many people were killed. Probably the same way. I mean, 
it seems legit. Yeah, I mean, he's in a fucking, he's in a business where there's fucking, there's dead bodies, you know. Right. The fact that he was in that environment for so long, you know, yeah, that shit starts to add up, and you can obviously look back on files for all these individuals, and then you start fucking picking out either patterns or whatnot. It's not like you're exhuming everybody or whatever, but right. uh, you, you get the patterns, and you could tell, well, this was probably one. And that's, you know, that's the thing, is they, when the cops came in, they probably took the 15 best cases out of all the ones that they thought they had. Right. And then the other ones were just backup or whatever. Right, right. Taryn, I mean, no surprise, though, that everybody's going to look to the prison. Like, how did you let this happen? But, I mean, they can't watch everybody every second of the day. And, you know, this would have been in an era before the CCTV shit like they have today where they have a lot better eye on people in prison. Right. I mean, it's just one of those things if somebody wants to do it they're going to find a way to do it right you know you can't just blame other people for it right they want to do it they're going to find their way yeah no that's a good point dude. that's very I mean, true like yeah, and it's exactly i mean that's find a loophole somewhere yeah and he had that hour window and he took it you know so i could see why the families of the victims though were so pissed off you know he's cremated uh the service was held after hours and attended only by his wife and his kids uh, 2001, Chris Gregg, a Yorkshire police officer, would lead an investigation into 22 deaths in Yorkshire that uh, Shipman was uh, suspected of. And then they had, as I mentioned earlier, that Shipman inquiry of 2002 was a report generated that said he killed at least 218 patients, but estimated it would have been closer to 250, but could not be proven and then another documentary I watched at 284. So there's definitely, I mean, it, it's pretty staggering when you even think about it. Murder's like crack to this dude. Yeah, I mean, 80% <laughs> one stat I saw said that they were elderly women. Um, the murders took place between 71 and 98, as we've said. Um, and, you know, when the last report came out, that's what they were claiming. 218 is a lot of fucking murders. And if you look at that and you stack them up against the Green River Kilo, Killer. Killer. <laughs> the Green River Killer, yeah, yeah, yeah. Green River Killer, Andre Chikatilo. Uh, that's what I was seeing, Chikatilo. Yeah, yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh, Green River Killer, Andre Chikatilo. Uh, you know, they're looking like amateurs here, but if you combine them, Green River, Chikatilo, Gacy, and Bundy. Shipman still would have killed more. That's fucking insane. That is a lot of fucking bodies. Knowing I mean, the number that, that Green River and Chickatillo themselves had. Like, like about 150 between the two God of them. Casey, you know, would put it at 180-something. Bundy, you know, just over 210, 215. So right in there. I mean, that's a lot of fucking killing. That's a lot of murder. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. You know, he was... Uh, he was killing for fucking 23 years. Right. Yeah. And so, man, you, you got to imagine that if their numbers are right, that average is somewhere around 10 a year. Right. That's just like <laughs> e- extra fatalities within your hospital, wherever you're working. Like, that doesn't jump any of the numbers, or is that a safe I know. know. Right. Why are you quality control watching this? Up. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It honestly <laughs> is. So, anything to add to this one, guys? Old Harold Shipman? No, I no? fucking... I'm good. Taryn, did we cover it? 
Um, was there anything you wanted to add? I just wanted to wait until the end to make sure we didn't talk about it. But sure. his youngest, his youngest victim was 49 years old, and her name was Bianca, and her husband wanted to move, but she is the only one that wanted to stay just because of shipment. Oh wow! She because of him, him being the doctor, uh, yeah, that's she didn't fu- leave fucked him. up, yeah. dude. I wonder, I wonder if this dude like knew that his wife was going to be old eventually. You know, he has a fetish. You think he would have killed his wife? Wait it out. Right. Yeah, Yeah, really. That's fucked up. Damn. Well, I did (laughs) my research. She's an old lady now. Go see the doc. (laughs) (laughs) I did my research with a couple of good documentaries. Real Stories, I like that one. And World's Most Evil Killers. Yeah, that was good. World's Most Evil Killers is great. There's some new ones out, by the way. I saw on YouTube and watching them. Um, they got a lot of the uh, folly I do, uh, the couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. two people killer teams, uh, male and female. But I saw one with two females, which was brutal. So there's some good cases on there Fucking we can right. do. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff out there on shipment. If you're interested, go check it out. But of course, you just heard Murder Metal Mayhem do it. I don't know who the fuck else you'd want to listen to <laughs> after listening to this extravaganza here. So next week, we're going to do a bonus episode, something we've never done before, Chris. This should be interesting. Yeah, this is going to play a game. Yeah. We're going to hang out uh, in here. Yeah, the fucking killer's fucking role-playing game. Yeah, killer's the card game. And uh, we had our booth there next to Jeff Ignatowski. Uh, He's the guy, the brains behind that whole operation. And it's a role-playing game with serial killers. So you mentioned... Chris Janine Jones is one of the players. That's fucking that. insane that that's one of the fucking... Very brutal. Um, so it's a good one, and we're going to play that here in the studio. We're going to video. We're going to record it for the podcast, and I'm bringing my wife Jenny in here, and you're going to bring Courtney with you. Yes, sir. Your girlfriend, so that should be fun. And then Joey's got a copy of the game, and he's going to be playing over there in the 419 and maybe taking some pictures, right, Joey? Yeah, hell yeah, it's pretty sweet, and fucking uh, Stephanie, me, and then her mom, who's also a listener yeah. to the show. Yes, yeah, she is. Uh, she's She was stoked on it whenever she got the game, and I was like, oh, hell yeah, I was like, we need to all play yeah. it, because they're going to do it on the podcast. Yeah, that's awesome, yep. so that's cool. Joey, any good uh, page of days for us? I only got two quick ones, but that's okay. Yeah. Fucking love the page today. Uh, if people didn't hear me last time, I did order next year's fucking version too. So nice. Keep them going. All right. So the first one is one of the ones they do about a cold case that was solved. I like those ones. Yeah. Um, they say uh, March tenth, two thousand seven, a man collecting cans along Victory Road in Marion, Ohio, discovered a woman's remains by the side of the road. In 2016, serial killer Sean Great, he confessed to killing the woman who was out selling magazines door to door. He alleged that the woman cheated his mother out of money and he became angry and killed her. He gave her name. He didn't know if it was something like Diana, Diane, or Dana. Uh, She was Sean Great's first victim. Uh, The Marion County Sheriff's Office, they announced the woman's identity as Dana Nicole Lowry on June 4th, 2019 whenever they used the DNA Doe Project, and uh, they traced uh, 23-year-old Lowry's DNA to her two young daughters, and officials were able to confirm her identity off their samples. 
Now, Sean Gray, he was already convicted on four other counts of murder. He was on death row in Ohio, uh, so he pleaded guilty to Lowry's murder on September 11, 2019, and he received another sentence with no parole plus 16 years. Goddamn. Damn. Brutal. Well. Yeah, Sh- Sean Gray, that's a good one for us to do. Yeah, something. that would be a good one. I think I've heard a little bit of that before. I've never heard that one. That's... Uh, yeah, probably once you listen to it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Right. All right, so fucking... Uh, so the other one I got, I got two page a day, like I said, uh, thanks again, page a day, love using this oh, shit, fuck but, yeah. so the, this one, uh, is the murder of Tupac Shakur. Uh, so <laughs> on November 30th, 1994, rapper Tupac, he was shot during an attempted robbery in his Manhattan building, uh, when he was recording his third album. Now, he survived that, but he blamed the attack on some other rappers that were from over there, uh, Puff Daddy and Notorious B.I.G., Christopher Wallace. Now, the accusation, along with Shakur's subsequent move to Los Angeles to join Death Row Records, now, that resulted in this huge East Coast, West Coast fucking feud. And it pretty much defined hip-hop in the 1990s. (laughs) Yeah, for real. So, two years later, on September 7th, 1996... Uh, Tupac Shakur and his entourage, they were seen engaging in a violent scuffle in the lobby of the MGM Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. Hours later, Shakur was riding in a car, driven by Death Row Records uh, head Shug Knight, when a white Cadillac pulled up beside them in a red light. <clears throat> An unidentified shooter opened fire, shooting Shakur four times and grazing Knight's head. Shakur succumbed to his wound six days later on September 13th, which, of course, that's today that we're reading this yeah yeah um and then good call of course six months later notorious big christopher wallace he was also murdered in los angeles under similar circumstances and no arrests have ever been made in connection with either of those two murders interesting interesting fuck so, yeah. yeah page a day page a day some good stuff man Goddamn tupac west side baby all right well we have done our fair share of murdering tonight so I think it's time to crank it up. So Austin, what the hell do we need to do, man? Let's get our fucking metal on. Hell yeah, dude. Just because CK has passed on, he's not done educating the masses. CK will forever be the great metal motherfucker. We're here to stomp poser ass and eradicate the planet of their kind. CK has passed the torch to us and we will forge the fuck on. In CK's name, we will bestow metal knowledge upon all of you. Alright, we are in fucking metal, hell yeah. The great metal, motherfucker CK. That's right. Always gonna remember CK when we do the metal segment. And since CK has been passed now for a year it's hard to imagine october it's gonna be a year almost a year goddamn. um he's been gone for a year and the way we've been doing this segment is in his honor we take turns we pass the horns around and we when it's your turn you get to pick what we're going to cover and joey you got the horns tonight even though you don't physically have goat horns at your presence in Toledo, we got you over I'm here. Slipping. We hey. got plenty of goat horns on the table. So, Joey, what's Hey, man, the, if it makes it easier, we got three horns and three guests. I can slip one at each one of their dick holes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, Joey, spare okay. us that and just tell us what the fuck you're going to do tonight, okay? 
Let me take this last bite of this wonderful Pop-Tart. Yeah, we're eating Pop-Tarts. What flavor you got? Thanks to our listeners sending us the Pop-Tarts. Got more Pop-Tarts this week. God damn. Got some grape ones. Got some yellow cake. Oh, yeah, yeah. What flavor you got, Joey? Uh, I got this uh, Boston cream pie. Oh, my God. This is is the last one in this box. Yeah, and I got got a... I got a box of some other new ones I'm going to try next time, so I didn't want to break into them yet. So, eating the last one of these. Nice. Get her done. I got a s'mores one going on. What about you guys? What do you got, Austin? Yeah, I got a s'mores one, too. Yeah. Yeah, s'mores one. S'mores. Nice, Darren. Oh, he's got a mouthful. S'mores. <laughs> he's like, God damn it. <laughs> James, what about you, buddy? Oh, I got chocolate fudge. Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah, man. So, we're doing it up. So, Joey, what, uh, what are you going to school us on tonight? All right. All right, so tonight for the metal segment, I chose to do a bigger band. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of underground bands for a long time now. Fucking, I thought I'd need to fucking break the mold for a second, just do something different. Right. Um. So I chose the band Helmet. Fucking now, I'm a right. huge fucking fan of this band. Uh, Chris jams that shit. Fucking Helmet's fucking just some dope. badass shit. Fucking, yeah. So they formed in nineteen in nineteen eighty nine in New York, New York. So originally East Coast band. Um, their genre, I guess you say, is considered a heavy groove metal, which is pretty fucking good way to describe what they are. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, uh, they released their demo, which was titled Helmet, in nineteen eighty nine. Now, on this, you had Paige Hamilton on guitar. Paige Hamilton is the one that's going to stick through the entire band. It's basically his band. Uh, dude's a fucking genius on guitar, fucking really badass. Um, then you got Henry Bogdan on bass, Peter Mangata on guitar, and John Stanier on drums. They kept with that lineup into their first uh, full length, which came out in 1990, which was called Strap It On. Uh, fucking just very heavy album. Really, really fucking cool sounding. Uh, they did a few splits. Um, and then they released in 1992. I, I thought that was cool that they did some splits because hearing a bigger band do that shit. Yeah, like, yeah like, because like they were underground was, thing. Right. Yeah, that's fucking strange. Yeah. I didn't even know they did the splits. That's fucking nuts, dude. Right. But uh, so then in 1992, they put out their fucking biggest album to me, and that's Meantime. Yes, sir. Uh, had the had the song Unsung, which we're going to play as buffer music. Uh, yes, sir. It, that's just a fucking, from front to back, that's a badass album. Uh, it, it's funny because I've said this before, but Encyclopedia Metallum, they pretty much have certain criteria for what bands they'll allow into their um, their indexes. And there's a fucking, there's a thing on one of the fucking, there's an asterisk on the Helmet page, and it says that Helmet was only allowed into the Encyclopedia Metallum based on the album Meantime. Okay. So they don't care about none of the other shit. But because huh. of that one, they're considered metal enough. Okay. Uh, I mean, to me, I think it is probably their heaviest album, so I do agree with that at least. Um, after they dropped uh, Meantime in 1992, in 1993, they put out a fucking a track with House of Pain called Just Another Victim, and that was on the Judgment Night soundtrack. That fucking track is dope as fuck. Uh, in 1994, they put out the full-length Betty, 
Uh, this time they got Rob Escheveria on guitar. In 1995, if you're watching the Jerky Boys movie, fucking Helmet's in that movie, and they're playing fucking a cover of Black Sabbath, Symptom of the Universe, oh, wow. which that track's also on the Jerky Boys fucking soundtrack. Love fucking the Jerky Boys. Then, jerky Boys for the shit. Yep. Uh, so, in 1997, Helmet put out Aftertaste. Now, this had... Josh Henry Bogdan, uh, Paige Hamilton, and John Stanier. So three of the four original members still in it up to this point. After this, they went on a hiatus. They came back in 2004. Now, this is also where Paige Hamilton had moved, and he had gone over to the West Coast. He was living out in California. So Helmet, I guess, technically became an L.A. band at that time, but I always pretty much associate bands with where they got their start and shit. Right, right. for sure. Um, so the first album they put out after the comeback was 2004. They put out Size Matters. Now, the rest of these albums that they put out basically just had uh, Paige Hamilton on them, but one standout was on this album. He had John Tempest to do drums, which is badass. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, 2006, they put out Monochrome. 2010, they put out Seeing Eye Dog. And 2016, they put out Dead to the World. So, <laughs> Helmet's a really badass band. Um, I would definitely say fucking go listen to the meat of their order in the fucking uh, late 90s, early 2000s if you're just getting into them. But Helmet uh, is a band, the album, I feel though. That, or Meantime yeah, is yeah, the album, Helmet. though. Yeah, yeah Meantime. Yeah, Meantime is the album. Yeah, it's fucking and they've so been, good. they've been pretty much consistently touring ever since they got back together. Me and Chris saw them in Bloomington at the Castle. And that was a fucking killer show. It's fucking but, so uh, fun. It, yeah, but they pretty much stayed on the sh- on the road quite a bit, so you could probably definitely catch them at some show somewhere. So that okay. was my metal segment on Helmet. Very cool. Chris, what about you for a Lost Classic tonight? Oh, you're my Lost Classic, Pete. Me? Yeah, you're my Lost Classic. No, oh, I feel uh, like a Lost Classic. Uh, 92's fucking Incantation on Wintergo Gotha. Fucking oh, hell yeah. old school fucking death metal fucking just crushing, dude. Go check that shit out if you haven't heard it. That's my lost classic, Incantation, Onward to Golgotha. A guy that I uh, went to school with was one of the founding members of Incantation. No shit. Brett Mikowski, oh, oh, yeah. Fucking right. Yeah. Played bass in 38 Crazy Fists for a while, too. Yeah, fucking But that he was shit. in Incantation in the very, very beginning before they released anything that shit in high school is one of the big albums i listen to a lot so yeah, go dude. check that yeah, out that was huge very cool all right um so that's a good lost classic joey great segment there on helmet what's everybody been listening to chris anything uh, new exciting been listening to new oh, megadeth well i have not actually like on the way down to fta as we listened to some fucking phalloplasty and some oboe deep lividity and then, obviously, all the bands that we're about to talk to, or about, I mean. Right, right. But yeah. Cool. you know, But you know me, I'm sporadic. Right, right. Joey, what about you, man? I know you were getting ready for FTA, because yeah. you played, so. Right, yeah, I was jamming, but uh, I was listening to the fucking, a lot of ghoul before we went down there, and we were also listening to some Hank 3, and fucking. Fucking uh, right. Yeah. Uh, Jam, we we're jamming some carcass too. Hell yeah! Re- oh, and re- revisiting some skinless because 
Skinless is heavy as fuck down there. Yeah. Yeah, I saw they played. That's fucking sick. Yeah, I missed that shit. I suck. Now, uh, I've been listening to a band called Endless Chaos. They're not a very widely known band, but the album is called Path Paths to Contentment. It's fucking unbelievable. Uh, really good stuff. And that new bloodbath, man, Survival of the Sickest is so nasty. So yeah, yeah, heavy and nasty. Really dig it. Got some cool guests. Got Barney from Napalm Death coming in, singing with them on a song. It's just really cool. It's it's really good. Uh, that's what I've been jamming. What about you, Austin? Anything special you've been listening to? Uh, yeah, actually, I've been obsessing over the new Megadeth record. It's because, amazing, Yeah, I, it? was, I was just waiting for it. And then since FTA was coming up and I couldn't go, I've been cranking Ghoul. And uh, actually, my old boss is in the band Eric Cobra. So I was listening to their stuff when they were playing oh, uh, yeah. FTA. Um, a lot of old Deicide, like Once Upon the Cross, oh, uh, God, Death to yeah. Jesus, those songs I've been listening to a lot more Shit, lately. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, that's cool. What about you, Taryn? Anything exciting? Britney Spears or anything? Oh, you know I like that Justin Bieber. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Justin Timberlake, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, I've been Justin getting- Beaverlake. <laughs> I've been I've been getting, getting back into a lot of Amon Amarth. They're, Amon Amarth, hell yeah, dude! We saw them. And that was like my first time yeah, hearing they, of them. They opened for Slayer on Slayer's farewell tour. They were playing with the uh, yeah, Pride. yeah. They had that the boat come out. They just been one of my favorite. Like just listening to Viking metal a lot lately. Shit, yeah. I can listen to it in doses. I like it, but I, I have a hard time listening to them for more than an album. But I like them. It's just, it's like Bolt Thrower. After a while, it just gets a little repetitious for my taste. Yeah. But but my son is obsessed with them. What about you, James? Anything good? Nothing too particularly new. I'm still stuck in the 90s with Green Day and Blink-182, Weezer, that kind of thing. But I noticed right. uh, Travis Barker's been doing a lot with this new Kenny Hoopla kid. And I do like him tag teaming some stuff up with uh, MGK and Willow. So Right on. Fucking right. Right. Cool. As far as cool. the metal, though... Uh, Austin here drugged me to a Guar concert recently in December. <laughs> yeah. and, and actually, yeah. I would say it was quite religious almost. It was, yes, it it was is. a crazy, <laughs> crazy yeah, time. Guar, Guar is definitely was... one of the better concert experiences that I've ever been to personally. Oh, they're yeah. fucking oh, yeah. amazing. They're really dude. over the top. Yeah. Now, Austin, you play in a band or bands. What, what, uh, what, what do you got going on? Yeah, I used to play in a really thrashy death kind of, we called it thrash core because it was like, 80s Metallica Megadeth mixed with a hint of Trivium and like breakdowns from like you know you know old death metal songs but uh, it was called Not for the Faint of Heart we kind of got a little bit of a name in the Champaign-Urbana area and then my brother Taryn um, raps and uh, my band broke my band broke up and he was like hey man you know stop being a bitch you know come play some more music with me. <laughs> so we kind of, we combined this like Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit-esque saliva type group. Oh no, called, Joey's all about Limp Biscuit. And uh, I, I, call us, yeah. I call us heavy Limp Biscuit because it's more, rah than, yeah, Starfish, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> so like, so uh, we're, uh, we're called Clinically Ill. And uh, right now we're working on trying to do our own instruments, like with uh, drums, guitar, because I play guitar, drums, and bass. And, I do backup vocals. I can't really sing that well, but I can hit a <clears throat> like, like right, no one's right, business. Yeah. But um, so right now we awesome. were we were finding like beats on YouTube. We do a lot of corn sounding shit. 
Okay. Right on. I'm going to fucking check it out. Hell yeah. That's cool, Clinically dude. ill. Very, very We're on uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, what the fuck else are we on, Taryn? Google Play. Google Play. Uh, or we can, we can come to your house and yell at you when you're asleep. You know, we're, we're doing that. We're that's gonna, cool. We're, that's gonna, cool. Gonna, we're, doing, we're doing birthday parties for... Yeah, yeah, and uh, ah, we, we actually we started an OnlyFans where we play guitar solos at Crackheads at 3 a.m. So you can catch us out on the strip doing that too. Sometimes. Subscription at 4.99. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking right, man. Very cool. All right, well that's awesome, man. Just uh, love about you know being creative, and of course we we're all metalheads here, but you know Chris is a little more diversified than me, so. That's why uh, he's the go-to guy when it comes to anything that's not metal. Because you listen to other stuff, I listen too, to you know? lots of stuff. And I don't. So does I'm Joey, just, though, it's too. It's always so. been that way. Yeah. So. Very cool. Well, we got that big Tampa Death Fest getting ready to happen, Joey. That's the fourth annual, right? Yep. Tampa Death Fest, Brass Mug, Tampa, Florida. September 30th all the way to Sunday, October 1st. It's actually October 2nd. I realized my notes were wrong. So oh, sorry. yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> October there 2nd. There is no September. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, no, they got a lot of fucking bands that are coming through. Fucking Animals Killing People the headliners for Friday. Flesh Hoarder from Texas. Fucking amazing. They're headlining Saturday. And then Corrupted Saint, they're closing on Sunday. Um, they got bands from all over Blister and Defilement. Fucking... I can't remember. There's a fucking ton of shit. Trash Panda. I think we're using them for the buffer music tonight. Right. Uh, Trash Panda. Chemicost. Yeah, Chemicost is killer. Dallas. Yep. So, yeah, man. Fucking Tampa Death Fest. Fucking, it's a great place. Great time. Yeah. I want to go. On or fucking badass. Yeah, no, I want to go. You want to fly to Tampa year, again, man. dude? 50 bucks for all three nights. That's a really got, good got deal. Room for one more, you know. It definitely <laughs> looks like one nasty lineup after another. So, well worth the money. 20 bucks a show if you want to go just for one night, but 50 for all three, that's pretty awesome. All right. And if you're really cool and if you ask nicely, you can ask Eric, who fucking puts it on, to take you out and show you some fucking alligators in the wild, and he'll fucking do that. Dude, it was so awesome, man. Like yeah, that, yeah, that one motherfucker did that. That was that really one cool. motherfucker was so goddamn big. I'm like, holy fuck! I ain't swimming in, in that water. water at all. Yeah, yeah, where you could just see the head. <laughs> yeah, that's God fucked damn. up. Very cool. Well, I'll link to that in the episode description if you want to get your tickets to the Tampa Death Fest. Uh, what about FTA? You guys both made it back, so that's a good thing. But uh, Chris, did you want to open I fucking, that up? Uh, I will say. That I was not the first person to get hurt this year. Actually, I did not get hurt at all this year. That's awesome. And you didn't I, lose I your didn't teeth? I didn't lose my teeth. Good. I didn't. <laughs> I, I came back whole. What about Michael? Did he lose his teeth? No, nope, he's good. And he, he didn't get dude, hurt? So, like, the first night, like, I'm, yeah, I'm going to talk about you, bro. You know. But you, you got to see these pictures. I walk around the corner, like behind the bar, and there's this like center island, like around the bar area where we camp and shit. I walk around the corner, and he's just laid out, dude, like head underneath, half underneath the bar and shit, like just out. I'm just like looking at him, like, holy <laughs> fuck, did he fall down and fucking die? So, like, he's breathing, there's no blood. I can't wake his ass up. So I just left him there. <laughs> wow. He was all right. Nice He's brother. alive. <laughs> but yeah, the fucking, the bands to me were fucking amazing. Now, Friday, I was kind of fucking fucked up. I slept through most of them. But seeing fucking sexual atrocities and then fucking 
goddamn Belushi speedball, dude. What the fuck? Yeah, Cashman? everybody's been talking about those guys. Holy shit. But yeah, I had a great time at FTA, got really drunk, shattered some full shitters. Fucking. What about Angela Zapatruda? <laughs> did you get to see them? Yes, I did. And they oh, were. Yeah. Fucking nasty. Yeah, those guys are yeah. really good. Holy live, fuck. I'm surprised you didn't go the night before the I night couldn't. shop, dude. I couldn't. My no. back was too fucked up. Yeah, I was, yeah. just couldn't do it. Right on. But yeah, I had a great time at FTA, man. They were fucking dope. Yeah, that's Everything awesome. in there was dope. Yeah, and suicidal. They were good. I was a little disappointed in the set, but they were good. They played a lot of old older songs everybody was disappointed because they didn't play one song right because they didn't play institutionalized really right but yeah, the rest surprised. of the set was fucking no good, the, rest, the, the set was fucking fire dude yeah but now, joey you played on thursday right yeah i played thursday i was third and i mean fuck, how did it go there man? were people it went really well there were people out fucking that's awesome uh, dude uh during my set well before our set but um one of our listeners Brittany, who's also one of our friends and she's also somebody gore that camp. always went to to yeah gore camp at full terror with us uh she passed away recently we talked about that in an older episode um, right one of the previous ones right but anyway uh her daughter had given chris's brother michael some of her ashes to spread around in a cat, campground in we a captain there. morgan airplane bottle mind you in, oh, yeah wow. in a captain morgan airplane bottle so uh so they spread some around you know like the campsite and this and that and then they had some left and then on my last song crop chaser you know we said something about her and then michael took the rest of her ashes and dumped it in the mosh pit that's and awesome you can see people moshing yeah, around i, I actually this I actually What's need that, to send you that video because I I took a video of the whole the whole thing, dude. Everything I have that video. Yeah, Vanna took cool. one too. So oh, did she? I, there's I know. Yeah, I got it posted up, so it's really cool. But the one you took is also awesome from a different angle. Right. And there's this there's this one guy, you know. There's all kinds of fucking weirdos at Full Terror, but there's this one guy that walked up and where the ashes were dumped, he started fucking rubbing his hands in it, and rubbing it on his face and shit, all the ashes. And I was like, oh, wow. all right, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Party and Brittany would love uh, that shit. You know what I'm saying? Be nice to that guy because that could be the guy running around with yeah. a machete at some point. Right? You know? Now, Brittany, if, if <laughs> so, Brittany uh, had watched that happen with somebody else, you know, she would have fucking dug it. Yeah. Yeah. No, so there cool. were, uh, like, Pig Destroyer was badass. Municipal Waste, they closed out Thursday on the Murdered it. That, yeah. That was fucking huge. Oh, my uh, God. Ghoul had a fucking disgusting set down there. Um, MOD set was decent. It was kind of fucking short, but them dudes are fucking, they're probably has beens, you know? Right. They've been through it so fucking much. But it was still right. tight, though. Uh, cool. Creeping Death from Texas. Skinless oh, was yeah. good, dude. Acid Witch. Acid Witch was a fucking dope ass band. They were from Detroit and they play like like horror metal, I guess. Like shit you would hear in fucking horror movies. And right. uh, it, it was just really cool under the fucking full moon and shit, too. But uh, sexual atrocities, and then fucking this band Belushi Speedball from That's Kentucky. Saying, they played right after them. Man, them dudes were fucking party as fuck. Fucking but, goddamn. So a lot of badass bands. Um, I'm gonna tell one quick story from Full Terror before I check out, and this is gonna be my this is gonna be my mayhem. So no mayhem from me tonight. Okay. But uh, we had this fucking dude that showed up to our campsite. Gore camp is like that's the fucking spot. Everybody comes over and hangs out with us. Like that that's what's up, you know. And we got three bucks hanging now. Over. 
We do. We got three hanging bongs. We told that story too, or trashed it. But anyway, fucking, this dude comes over and he's fucking sitting at the bar and it's like after the bands have played on fucking Friday night, so everybody's fucking lit up and he's just talking about how his girl, his wife, she's down there oh, yeah. at his campsite just fucking, she's fucking pissed because she's like, can't believe that she's been here two days and there's no way she's staying another fucking night in this shit. You know, oh, she's damn. fucking flipping dude. out. He's fucking wasted and shit and he's like, He's like, you know, fucking like, man, this fucking bitch, man, she's going to fucking stay here, you know, and he's fucking telling us the whole fucking deal while we're at the <laughs> bar. He's like, now this bitch wants to go home. She's going to fucking pack up and leave, you know, and he's like, I got to tell her she can't go, all this shit. Anyway, apparently oh, he fucking left. He left our camp and then like right next to us, uh, my buddy Sean and them, they were camping. We call it the East Side fucking Gore Camp. But they were camping over, so he, like, leaves our spot, takes a stop through their spot, probably to drink and shit or whatever, and he's like, yeah, man, this fucking bitch, she's very, and he's just fucking going on about it, he's like, this goddamn bitch, and the whole fucking time, she's standing on the fucking dock across the fucking lake, no listening way. to everything he's saying, <laughs> and she's like, motherfucker, and she's fucking snapping on him, and, and fuck, he had a big ass bag of mushrooms, I know he was tripping balls too, oh, but man. anyway, fucking, but anyway, fucking, so, you know, he, he's like, He's like, uh, he's like, man, I don't even know where the fuck my campsite is. I don't know where the fuck this bitch is. And Sean's like, I think that's her over there yelling at you from the dock. Oh, and fucking, so he ends up going oh, over there and then fucking, man. they said they could just hear him fucking fighting. You know what I'm saying? Oh, going sure, fucking off night. on each other. Yeah. And so I was like, I was like, I'll tell you what, if I see that dude on Saturday, I'll be like, you're the baddest motherfucker I know. But if I don't see him, I know his girl packed all their shit up and they got the fuck out of there. Right. You know, as as soon as morning broke. Right. That motherfucker was there partying all fucking night, and I seen him there with his wife, and she was dancing in the fucking suicidal <laughs> pit. So, that's so yeah, that's good. But no, that that shit was fun. Just listening to him snap about her and her hear everything he was saying was that's too much. That's so funny. That's so funny. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I'm glad FTA was a good time. Oh, it's so fucking awesome. And, you know, bands, you know, we do get quite a bit of stuff now coming in uh, from different bands. If you're in a band and you want us to check you out, then send it to us at Pete at MurderMentalMayhem.com. And there's no guarantee we'll play it, but we'll check it out. We might do a review. We might feature your band on here. We might but we'll come at least kill you. listen to it. So send it in. If you want to do it old school, you could send it to Murder Metal Mayhem, P.O. Box 554. Hayworth, Illinois, 61745. And always throw in some stickers if you got any. And, hey, a box of Pop-Tarts wouldn't hurt. You know, we got to keep us in the Pop-Tarts here. So, all right. Well, I got the horns next time. I'm going to be doing the thrash metal band from Denmark. I love these guys. Demolizer, they're fucking killer. Um, They definitely crush. I'm going to throw down that in the next episode we do which is not next week because it's a bonus right be the week after that we're going to be doing some fucking um uh, killers well we're gonna do the killers next week but the the one we're doing with tex the supermax episode is the last week of the month and that'll be with tex and that'll be when i do the demolizer 
uh, feature. So that should be a good one. Supermax is a wicked place. Watch some shit on that. Yeah. So that'll be good. But our 666 Club is good, too. You can join that. Our Patreon, that's how you can support what we're doing. Three bucks a month. Patreon.com slash Murder Metal Mayhem. And uh, get some bonus content. You can help pay for my beer if you want. <laughs> you can have a pop tart with us if you're in the studio. That's part of being, you know, part of the club. So, join that six 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 club. I link to that in the episode description. All right. Well, we have done plenty of metal tonight. So, James, what the fuck do we need to do? Uh, let's go twisted one last time for the night, and uh, let's talk about the freaks at Baldwin Asylum and how we're going to terrorize you from the front door to the exit this year. All right. Get our makeup on. Are you suffering from neck or back pain? Do your fingers tingle for no apparent reason? Do you have no feeling down there? Well, here at the Dunch Spine Clinic, we've been serving patients in Dallas for more than 20 years. We've crippled more people than polio. I brought my daughter to Dunch Spine Clinic for a herniated disc in her neck and brought home a paraplegic. Dr. Dunch gave her a lollipop and a stuffed animal to take home. Now that's true customer service. That's just one of many wonderful things our patients say about Dr. Dunch. Even after the Dr. Death docuseries came out, our patients know those were all lies about the greatest neurosurgeon to ever live. I took advantage of Dunch Spine Clinic Special. December double the paralysis. I paid to become a paraplegic and came home a quadriplegic, just as advertised. Thanks, Dr. Death. I I mean, Dr. Dunch. If you want all of your pain to just go away, call us at 888-TINGLE-NO-MORE. Well, at least you won't be able to feel a thing when we get done with you. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Little Dr. Death, Joey. The Dr. Death commercial. For the Dr. Dunch death. All uh, the doctors are dead. Well, that's why I thought tonight we're doing shipment, so that fit yeah. seemed to be a good fit. But yeah, Tex doing oh, that one sure. that was killer, and we had uh, you know I did one of the the testimonials that so was just fucking ridiculous. Dude, but we good got time. the James over here with over back here. problems and shit already. And Dude, I had ass. a chiropractor just like that that I just left about two months ago. Straight up yanked me on my neck with a towel. God damn. Man, dude, damn. I'm dealing with almost a broken neck as it is. So. Wow. <laughs> well, poor James had to sit there and listen to that, but uh, we were Horror mocking stories, guys. Uh, spinal injury. That's uh, certainly not anything to fuck with. But we're in mayhem, and that's how things go down here. 
Um, now, uh, before that was Helmet, and Joey, you picked that cut. What Fucking was that unsung. song you to play? Unsung? Unsung. Yep. Yeah. So definitely I heard that one when uh, I, I knew of Helmet, but I, I couldn't remember yeah. having listened to him. And then when I heard that and song, I'm funny. like, oh, I've heard this. I mean, geez. And, and a lot of times I'll play deep cuts. You know, I'll play something fucking a little more obscure. Yeah. But with this one, I was like, fuck that. That's the song that fucking I love anyway. Right. No, that's cool. It was one of the first songs I ever learned to play on bass whenever I was playing bass. Ah, there you go. There you go. Now, normally in Mayhem, we might have a Mayhem story to tell. But tonight we've got, you know, we're going deep on this episode we're going to be talking with the guys from Baldwin, um, but we're not going to tell any crazy mayhem stories in this one. But what we're going to do is we're going to be getting to a fucking killer cage killer match cage tonight. Cage match. Yeah. This is when it goes down. We have a, a list of 75 killers, 75 objects for them to fight with, and our listeners pick random numbers for us so we can decide who's fighting to death in the steel cage so, uh, Joey, who do we got fighting tonight? Well, tonight we have fucking two crazy-ass women, and one of them being Casey Anthony. Uh, she'll kill her fucking kids just to try to be with some dude. And, Do drugs. and she's going to go up against, yeah, she'll go up against Myra Henley from the UK, one half of the Moors murderers, Hell yeah. her and Ian Brady. But it's, it's funny because we've Ian had Brady Ian Brady in there last before. week. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ian Brady was, was in last there week. Last That's week. weird. Yeah, that is weird. Very it's cool. nice to see how they can fucking handle themselves without the other. You know. That's true. That's true. And I forgot <laughs> to mention, Chris, our listeners, we wanted to say thank you to. So I apologize. Oh for that. yeah, once again, hey Pete. Hey, would you blow me? <laughs> <laughs> I pee frequently. <laughs> Claude Balls. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, Chris, we've got two objects for him in their cage they're going to be fighting with, and I don't even know what to say mm. about these two it's objects. What do we got tonight for them? They got themselves a brass butt plug covered in shit. We've had I mean, that it's a butt plug. Ca- we've so had it in the cage probably before. going to have shit on it. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> makes, likely. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Goddamn. And then they got a fucking... Call it a super soaker water gun that just shoots straight up cum out of it. High pressure semen. High pressured semen. Wow. Okay. And we've got an interesting variable in the cage with them tonight, Joey. Who's who's also in the cage with these two? We have the infamous Karen after she snorts two lines of coke off a hooker's ass cheek. Oh yeah. wow. Damn. Okay. <laughs> So, (laughs) we got Casey Anthony up against Myra Hindley in a steel cage fighting to the death with a brass butt plug covered in feces and a gun that shoots high-pressure semen. And Karen is in there after she snorts two lines of coke off a hooker's ass cheek. Wow, and a partridge in a fucking pear tree. (laughs) How did I even get that out without fucking up? I don't even know. Chris... What's going to happen with these two psycho bitches in here tonight? Basically, first off, Karen over there, she's high as shit. She's a screamer anyway. Now she's just geeked off her ass. She's just screaming at fucking guys. Asking for a manager? Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck, what the fuck's the manager just fucking cage match? Like, fuck you. 
just screaming at Casey and Myra, dude. And fucking. Meanwhile, fucking Myra is just sitting in the back, like, I'm just gonna chill for a second. Casey, she's a fucking whore. Yeah. So she just got that bug plug, just slamming herself with it already. Okay. Fucking trying to look for goddamn motherfucking a dude to fucking have a kid with to kill. And fucking, she just got that fucking gun full of cum, and she just gargling that shit. She just like whatever, fucking. She just kills herself with the cum. Meanwhile, Karen just OD'd on the cocaine. I'm giving it to Myra. Okay. Because Myra just had to chill and watch these hoes be hoes. I don't know, Austin. Do you want to weigh in here? I mean, Casey Anthony and Myra Henley physically. Do you think? Any one of them has an advantage? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to here, talk about the butt plug again. But it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, no, I do. I do think Chris makes a great point about like, you know, that's like the cum shot to end all cum shots right there. But like, we got to right. think about like, Myra's there without the main, without, Ian. without, without the main Ian. dude to like have her assault and fuck up all these people. So she, I probably I don't think she knows what to do with herself at this point. Okay. So like she would be chilling, but I think. Okay. I think the Karen. I don't think the Karen would OD because Karens are strong. Like that's a that's, that's a oh, that's that's, gonna, that's that's a force of nature. She's like it's going to be like in a fight. And yeah, like if, if you don't bring this bitch the manager in like the next thirty seconds, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. like I'm going to go into so a PF. I, don't, but... I I think it'd be Myra and the Karen, like absolutely duking this shit out for like a whole fucking segment. Oh okay. shit! All right. God damn! I like that. I like that, Joey. What about you, dude? I think Myra Henley, I think she's got this whole fucking thing planned out in her mind, and she's the fucking one to watch out for. Because I think what she does is she wanders around that ring real fast, and she sees that butt plug, and she wants to eat some fucking poop. She just <laughs> loves being a fecal freak. So she picks up the butt plug and just starts licking all the poop off it. But the problem is she ran out of the poop, so she's got to fucking plot something else. She fucking pulls that spindle fucking, that hair that she's got, she pulls a fucking needle out from fucking up in the bun that she's wearing. Right, right. And then she grabs, and then she's got these fucking nylon fucking silk stockings that she's wearing, so she pulls them off and starts fucking shredding them so she can use thread, and then she fucking tells Casey Anthony to get on her goddamn hands and knees and take her fucking clothes off because you're a fucking pussy-ass bitch and I'll beat your ass. And Casey Anthony, Casey Anthony, she's scared, so she don't want nothing to do with this. So she fucking tells Casey Anthony the plan and then proceeds to sew her own mouth with the needle and the nylon stockings onto Casey Anthony's ass and pussy, oh. starting the, new, the human centipede. Oh, they got the human centipede going on. So now Casey Anthony has to go up to this fucking Karen who's all fucking geeked out and just looking for somebody to touch her butt anyway. So Casey Anthony then fucking sews her mouth onto the fucking tweaked out Karen's asshole and vagina, and they have the trifecta of the human centipede. Oh, so then wow. the human centipede Karen, she already did a couple lines of coke, so she's ready to fucking take a dump anyway. But she takes that high-powered fucking pressure jizz thing and just starts fucking blowing the jizz in into her mouth and swallowing and fucking her stomach just starts erupting and the fucking human centipede shits all the way through Casey Anthony uh. and Myra Henley gets her shit feast she was looking for. <laughs> These bitches are all dirty whores. None of them win. Wow. I love it, Joey. I oh love it. What kind, what kind of semen, what kind of semen is in the gun? Like, that's, that's true. That's, that's, that's true. true. It could be horse semen. I mean, 
Could be anything. Oh, I love it when you tell a story, All Cash. Right. <laughs> so we got some killer cage match, big fan favorite, and we could see why. It's just a lot of fun. Holy fuck. Thank you to the <laughs> listeners, and we appreciate that. All right, I'm going to be appearing at uh, Hayworth here where I live at the Hayworth Market on Main this Sunday, September 18th. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., I'm going to have my books there. It's an outdoor event, so the weather looks like it's going to be all right in the 80s. Um, I got a tent that Chris let me borrow and got a table with the bloody tablecloth with the, my own little forearm there, Chris, and Fucking books right. and all that shit. All right. Uh, now, I want to talk to these guys here from Baldwin Asylum. They've been here with us all night. Listen to the stupidity. James Thank is going to. Yeah, thanks for coming Anytime. in, guys. You're but, welcome. James, you wanted to talk about, you know, what is Baldwin Asylum? I mean, we got listeners from all over the world, but we hope that our listeners within earshot of central Illinois can get over here because Ray and Tool not that far from Champaign. So it's a good spot. So, what do you got to say about it? Okay, so Baldwin Asylum is a haunted attraction. We're a haunted house, and we are 10,000 square feet of absolute sheer terror. Uh, we have several ratings, you know, from several review teams, like the Scare Factor rating us at like 9.12, and we took on Scariest Haunted House and Best in the State from Illinois Top 5 last year. That's so badass. This is, That's awesome, dude. Yeah, guys, this is not something for the faint of heart, we should say. Though it is an enjoyable time for all as a no-touch haunt, so you can walk through, and our monsters may bump into you in the dark. But, <laughs> but they're not out there doing that right. fucking weird shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, we are some of the safest darkness around here in central Illinois. So we are located at uh, 2040 Lawn Drive, Taylor Studios Building in Rantoul, Illinois. Uh, Austin, uh, you want to kind of tell us a little bit about tickets, maybe? Uh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> um, so... Due to the wonderful pandemic we all know and love is COVID-19, uh, <laughs> we have a very great online ticket. Um, we have a very great online ticket system. Sorry, I'm really shitty at reading. Um, but we do have heated and covered outdoor indoor waiting. So when you buy the online tickets, you go up there. You don't have to wait out in the freezing cold and all yeah, that. Yeah, and if it's raining cool. that night, man, come on in. We're open rain, snow. Crazy things happen in October. One hundred percent. But you true. can you can also order a fast pass. Um, I'll let Taryn take over the prices, but uh, we do have a fast pass where we'll just shove you in, like in the beginning of it, like you don't have to wait through the fucking line and deal with all of the other people's dumb shit, basically. Fucking but right. um, we do. Calling me dumb for waiting in line, motherfucker. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. For waiting <laughs> line. Cough up the money. Let's go. Get good. <laughs> no, no, but um, but we do have a. Actually, I think the online tickets are actually better than buying tickets at the door because it's ready to go. You're right there. Right. You want to get there. You want to get That's the shit cool. scared out of you. Yeah, get moving. Yeah. Yeah, and I do feel like it's a lot more efficient. Like, I do believe that it is easier. I, for one, have never purchased a ticket online through Baldwin because I work there. So I'll just beg my owner to let me walk through. But right, um, right. <laughs> but I'll let Taryn take over prices and anything yeah, else like that. Definitely get me the links to that, guys, because I want to link to that in the episode description. Absolutely. So if you're listening, uh, scroll down Absolutely. and get that. Yeah, so our regular ticket prices are $30 each. Um, and like he said, you can buy it online or you can just get it at the ticket booth. Um, and the fast passes are $45. Uh, so same same dealio. You just either go online or, or get, get it at the gate. Yeah, get right. it at the gate. 
So oh, that's yeah. cool. So yeah, guys, this is also suitable for teenagers. We do recommend twelve and up to take your children. Although you know, you know your children a little better than we do, so we just right. kind of let you. Right, you know, right. if your kid's into spooky shit or you know watches Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or, then like yeah, fuck yeah, bring them. But uh, you know, we've had a kid in there telling us that we need Jesus before, <laughs> oh, I'm and sure, I'm, I'm sure. sure that was Y'all a strange. Need Jesus. Yeah, that was a strange concept when they got to our upside down cross church. <laughs> right. So, uh, don't don't forget about the people that call us daddy. Yeah. In, in the attraction, because that happens a lot. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> uh, our YouTube channel is actually full of lots of awesome promo, like oh, footage cool. of inside our haunt. And last year, we set up scare cams. That we recorded trying to catch some really intense stuff. I know that Austin's had a lady go into labor on the very first room when he jumped over and scared Uh, her. Are you fucking serious? No, for real. Like, had to call and get her out and her water broke. It was intense. Yeah, and to to add our own little touch of mayhem for you guys, I do have a story. Um, So, there was an intoxicated guy that walked through and he was sagging like hardcore. Like, we're talking G Money sagging. (laughs) But uh, I scared him. I scared him, apparently. I I have this thing where, like, I'm not a jump scare kind of guy. Like, I've always been a big fan of Jason, Michael, like, the big, burly, stocky, in your face type shit. And uh, I would bang my head off the wall. Like repeatedly, because I'm not scary. I don't have dialogue. I just make gargling sounds and right. smack shit. Right. So um, I would bang my head off the wall, and I actually broke open the skin. And in the light, blood was pouring down my face. And I turned around, and I was like, <clears throat> at this guy. And he jumped back, and his pants fell all the way down. And this man's <laughs> penis, oh, nice. come, his dick comes out, and he fucking pisses on me. Full stream. And wow. my dumbass was in so much shock that I didn't fucking move. I just let this motherfucker <laughs> piss all over me. It will scare you <laughs> bad great. enough to want to piss yourself. That's um, great. However, I mean, for not everyone. You can't scare everyone, Austin. Yeah, we're going to be there on October 15th, which is a Saturday. We're going to be there from like 7 to 10, and Chris and I will be there. We're going to have a couple people helping us because we're going to set up a little table uh, with some stuff you can either buy or some giveaway stuff. And then Chris and I are going to be doing an episode on zombies there. That should be fun. And maybe we'll get some of the. We got a couple zombies from our graveyard. We could have come over for some pictures with you guys. That'd be awesome. Come over and talk, and we'll have microphones set up. Yeah. The public. Chris Chris might get drunk and piss on you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. Yeah, that's true. He might be sagging, too. Our ticket booth will open at 7 o'clock that night. So anybody wants to come by, come by about 7. That's right. That's right. Say hello, and then go get the shit scared or the piss scared out of you. Yeah. Well, I, well, we, what is our running joke at Baldwin? The I'm shitting thing. Um, I'm shitting. Um, Yeah. So I worked in a room last year as a toxic waste type area and it's quite the illusion. You have, um, fog from your waist down that you cannot see from your waist down and a lot of people that unnerves them but i had a couple come in that were 50 years old not scared at all enjoying our sets just ooh, wow look at this and he's kind of like moving his hands through the fog by his waist because it's it's kind of fascinating if you've never seen it it, you know and you feel like you're swimming through a toxic swamp and at that time when i was an actor uh, there were corners to hide in and you would pop up and you know say whatever and scare them in different ways you know loom or whatever and I actually was so tired by the fourth hour that I was actually sitting cross-legged under the fog. And this dude comes <laughs> over. I had a mohawk at the time that was probably a good nine inches tall. And I had had it fully spiked up. And by the end of the night, you're sweating so hard in that place working, trying to get the good scares. Right, right. And my hair had fallen, was sticky, was wet. 
this I'm sitting on the floor and a guy accidentally touches my hair. And at 50 years old, this man screams like a girl. And he's like, something's wow. in here. He's like, something's in here. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And I just kind of like watch him. He turns around to his wife and grabs grabs her wrist and brings her over as fast as he can to that corner. And I just crawl away. And he's like trying to use her hand in the fog. And he's like, do you feel that? Do you feel that? And she like slaps him. And she says, there's oh nothing in here. You're just freaking out for no reason. And you know, I feel like sometimes even mind fucking with people is just as much fun, even if it's an accident. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. You know, 20 years, that dude will look at like changing the, the batteries in the remote and go, what the fuck was in that room? <laughs> yeah, like, I, mean, I hey. know I fucking yeah. felt something. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, no one will ever believe him. So. Don't forget about the dude that actually shit his pants. Yeah, that room is also very terrifying. I mean, and we did have a guy that I just was checking on why he was a full-grown 300-pound man in the corner of my room. What was he doing? I simply went, rawr. And he goes, I'm shitting and starts full-blown crying and then continues. Yeah, yeah. And then continues to go to oh Taryn's God. room and Austin's room in the church smearing it through the haunt. Oh, oh man. Wow. But there so, are also good times to be had. Yeah, so with the, the, the video, he's talking about the promos and stuff and how they were doing the over-the-top, the scare footage or whatever. Um, I came in, it was on a Sunday, and usually I don't work Sundays just because I have work on Monday. I just don't want to do it. Well, they had called me in because they were like, well, we have nobody here. We really need help. I was like, okay, cool. I'll come in. I'll fucking do it, right? I was super late. There was 30 minutes left in the haunt. I walked up, and uh, our haunt owner, Melissa, she was like, well, I'm glad you're here, but I, I don't think you're going to get any good scares. You only got 30 minutes. And I looked at her. I was like, just watch me. I walked in, put on the basic costume. I didn't do any blackout on my eyes. I just threw the mask on and went right through the church. And I did not have time to walk through that door before I heard Austin and our other guy in that room scare a group. So I hurried up. I, you know, snuck in there and it's in the, it's in the promo video. <clears throat> she comes around the corner. I jump onto the pew, scare the shit out of her. She passes out. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, that was my one scare that night. She, wow. They were the last group. And then she just fucking faints out like She what? passed out. Yeah, that's <laughs> fucking brutal. Like, yeah, her soul left her body. And the video, her arms just go out to the side like she's T-posing and it just falls. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you guys can find like, that on our YouTube channel uh, for Baldwin Asylum. That's on our 2022 promo video. And the timestamp for Terrence fainting for that woman is at two minutes and six seconds. That's awesome. I recommend wearing a cup. Nice. As an actor in that place. Yeah, Excellent. there's some crazy stories we have as actors, you know. Um, some of those things you don't see behind the scenes, you know. You right. come and you enjoy Halloween and you want to see, you want to get a little sense of excitement when you come through our attraction. And we offer that, yes, it can be intense, yes, for some that may have phobias. But it is a good time for all to have, That's you know, awesome. whether you're honestly 16 to we've had people as old as almost 75 come through we are not handicapped accessible though however but you know if you just want to come with some friends it makes a great date night yeah. it also is just you know we do groups of 20 or more at a discount rate so yeah just come talk to us awesome check us out on facebook that's where our main content is and where the uh, events will be posted for the daily nights and then of course on ticketleap.com slash baldwin asylum haunted attraction you can pick up tickets there 
Fucking awesome. A. Very no. cool. All right. My well, daughter's thanks, dig guys. that shit. We're going to hit that again at the end of the episode. So uh, we've done plenty of mayhem tonight. So I think it's time to hit the outro. And that was a new song from Creed, actually. That uh, no, no, no. What the fuck am I saying, Joey? Who was that man? That was uh, the band Trash Panda. Love that. And that's the song. That's the song. Uh, opportunistic fe- uh, feeding. Feeding. Yeah. Very cool. Um, right. But those. But they're going to be playing the Tampa Death Fest that right. we're talking about. They're going to be killing it on the second day of that fest. So Saturday, October first is when they're playing, but that's going to be a wicked three-day metal assault. Link to that in the episode description. Want to thank you guys, <clears throat> excuse me, from Baldwin Asylum for yes. coming in. Thank yeah. you guys. It was a lot of in. fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope you guys you. hope you guys had a good time, and it was really fun. And you guys hung in with a long script, 10-pager tonight, and you guys did, uh, did just fine, and we appreciate you coming in, and we're looking forward to coming to see you guys on Saturday, October 15th. So that's going to be gonna good. going to be a blast. Uh, bumper music tonight, Joey. Who did we play in the show? We played Severed Headshot, Helmet, and Trash Panda. Fuck yeah. Fuck Chris, yeah. that metal segment intro by... Always motherfucking Chrysix. The great metal motherfucking Chrysix. You know it. And the Murder Metal Mayhem intro by Low 12. So... All right, thanks to everybody out there listening. We keep seeing the numbers coming in, and we appreciate that. Now, I don't know, do you guys have your notes out? Do you want to participate in reading any of these comments? Oh, yeah. That if you great. want to. Okay, James, uh, you want to take that first one? Yeah, is that from Calvin Fox Hobbs 68 <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys are so awesome. I listen to you every week in Merc Garage while I'm working on my race car. Horns way up from Phoenix. Hell yeah, man. Can I, That's awesome. Can Very get cool. that vroom vroom going. Hell yeah. Taryn, you want to read the next one? All right, we got this. Donna Smith 4444 commented, I am sad that CK is gone, but so happy you guys keep on doing the metal segment the way you do and mentioning him every week. The great metal motherfucker will never die with you guys keeping it alive. Awesome. Very oh, cool, yeah. Donna. We appreciate that. All right. CK was the shit. Hell yeah. What about you, Austin? You want to read that third one? Hell yeah. We got Colby Evans commented, I really like that shit on the Chijon gang, whatever. I suck. Chijon gang. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> whatever the fuck that word is. <laughs> I love it. The I really, <laughs> Yeah. The gang. <laughs> those, <laughs> those guys were fucked up. You guys did it righteous. Fucking hell yeah. Thanks, oh, yeah. Colby. And that last one, Chris, what's that last comment there? Uh, Melinda Browning 33 says, I'm in Melbourne and love hearing you guys every week. Started listening when you interviewed Harlot. That's been a minute. It's been a while ago. Fuck. Uh, I love those guys and now Murder Metal Man. So fucking A. Hell yeah. Thanks, Melinda. Very cool. Melbourne represent. We want to thank Sick Rick Masks. That's S-I-K-R-I-K Masks.com. Go support what he's doing. (laughs) 
He he should do a sick ripper mask is what he needs to do. Yeah, fuck yeah. But he's got some of the best ones out there. We've got him in the studio. We've taken pictures and shown them to you. So go support Rick, sickrickmask.com. Also, that Tampa Death Fest, we've been talking about it. Brass Mug, Tampa, Florida, Friday, September 30th through Sunday, October 2nd. And the episode description will have a link. You can get your tickets, 50 bucks for all three nights. Just like a sore dick, Chris. Can't beat it. Can't fucking beat it. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right. Now, check out MurderMetalMayhem.com to listen to all the past episodes. Joey, you got your distro going over there in Toledo. Yeah, FTA Records with a Z. Hit me up. Uh, new shit coming out. Um, some new shirts. I don't know. Just go check it out. I got a lot of CDs if you want them now, too. Awesome. Awesome. All right, don't forget our appearances on Saturday, October 15th at the Baldwin Asylum. Uh, that's going to be awesome there in Rantoul, Illinois. We'll be talking about zombies. Going to be hanging out with these characters, but they're going to be all costumed up and crazy. So that should be a lot of fun. So go check these guys out. Again, check that episode description to get a hold of them. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Um, you can check us out on pretty much any podcast platform that's out there. Uh, Patreon, we talked about that, three bucks a month. We're not going to let them go, though, without hearing a little karaoke. This is a little blast from my past, so crank this one up. And until next time, keep one foot in the gutter. Just keep a bunch of fucking morphine around and kill people with it.
beneath the milky twilight Leave me Out on the moonlit floor Lift your open hand Strike up the band and make the fireflies dance Silver moon sparkling Still don't know what the fuck that is So kiss me So kiss me So kiss me So kiss me Fuck yeah. Mother, mother, man.